Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Thursday in Hangouts and Headlines. At least I think it's Thursday. Sometimes the days run together a little bit. I missed you all yesterday. Obviously, a lot of big stuff was happening in the world of headlines and news, and maybe not big stuff happening in the world of Hangouts, but still a lot of fun had all around. And so what we are talking about today is based around some of that fun. Now, if you didn't see it outside of Hangouts and Headlines, I sometimes get around on the internet. Uh, and I actually participated in what turned out to be a marathon stream on Rob's channel at Law & Lumber, which you can check out. I believe the technical headline for that episode is uh, don't put words in my mouth or something along those lines. Uh, but we only talk a little bit about Rob being mad about the media putting words in his mouth. And then we go on a, a four hour plus journey into the mind and talk about a whole lot of things. Uh, with Rob and Ian Runkle of Runkle of the Bailey and Emily D. Baker of um, Emily D. Baker. I think that's what she calls her channel. So if you're interested in that, you should definitely check that out later. It's like a four-hour archive. Uh, and it was ostensibly about some of the stuff we're going to talk about uh, today, which is an NBC News article that reflects what we talked about in our episode on Tuesday. That is reporting on some of the things that happened out of the release of documents uh, and so we'll be going over that. Yes, I'm breaking my once a week uh, Amber Heard versus Johnny Depp rule. Uh, but I think this one is uh, interesting enough and important enough to to go over those details. <laughs> so hopefully we can have fun with it, even though we're going to talk about that again. Uh, but I think we can look at it in the context of media reporting and not just focus on some of the details and lasciviousness and everything else. So I think we're going to have a good time. Uh, for those of you that didn't check out that video, go check out that video. Otherwise, we're hanging out. Where's everybody calling in from? Anybody got some good chat topics to start out with as I drink my tea and we all wake up just a little bit, although those of you that are in Europe probably are a little bit more awake. I think it's the afternoon there by now. Uh, but either way, maybe you need to wake up a little bit too. I can't speak for you. I, 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 don't, I don't know you personally, uh, but we'll have a lot of fun. Good morning from Wisconsin and hashtag shrimp fried rice. Yes, we'll be talking about shrimp fried rice a little bit. And why uh, it is what it is, why I chose that one for my example, uh, in case some of you don't recognize it, um, and uh, why uh, it's still uh, it's still pretty crazy uh, what you guys can do uh, with uh, with hashtags and trends and things, even though the reason the example exists is to show how easy it is to go and get something in front of people's faces on this. And it doesn't necessarily kind of suggest a groundswell of support or anything like that. Uh, so let's see what else we've got in the chat. Scotland, as per usual. <laughs> yeah, I don't expect you guys to move around to different countries or states just to add uh, to the list in the morning. So I, I think that is uh, that is good. Secret Big Squirrel, hope you're doing all right. Scotland, fantastic. Denmark, good morning from Indianapolis, catching a bit of the stream before going over to Gen Con. I have to get out to Gen Con at some point. Uh, Gen Con, for those of you that don't know, is I, maybe the world's biggest, but I think it's the, at least the country's biggest uh, board gaming convention. Uh, and I had never been to a board gaming convention at all uh, before my brother-in-law invited me to go to one in Florida. I believe it was called Dice Tower Con, I think. I think Dice Tower is a YouTube channel that does uh, board game reviews, and I think they had a convention down there. And I said to him, I said, I love board games. I love strategy. You could probably tell I love I love playing games of all kinds. Uh, but I couldn't imagine what a board game convention was, right? It's not really something that you uh, 
mingle about and and discuss uh, and, and things like that. So I, I didn't know what it was. And uh, it's pretty wild if you've never been to one and you like board games at all. I highly recommend checking them out. Um, they have, of course, what you would expect from a convention, a sales floor. Hey, look, we've got board games. We've got people presenting them. A lot of designers, which is a lot of fun for somebody that likes board games. Uh, but also, they generally have a big room, a ballroom, maybe two, maybe five. I don't know. I, like I said, I haven't been to Gen Con. Uh, that is just people playing board games. And generally with the methodology, as best I can tell, to indicate that you have an open seat, um, to indicate what you're playing, that you have an open seat, that you're you're willing to play with strangers and, and get taught the rules and like different things that they'll tell you about uh, the various games. And so you can just walk into the ballroom and be like, I'll play that. Uh, and that's a, that's a good time. So I got to meet a lot of interesting people there. Uh, I remember pretty vividly, there was a, a father uh talking with his son like clearly trying to bond with them playing this board game that i had sat down for strangers and um saw my hat right and i'm you know this is what 2019 so it's not like people are recognizing me out on the street or anything uh, but it's 2019 he sees my hat and the, the premise of this conversation i can only describe as so you like board games and yet you, you made something of yourself, give or take, right? Like they didn't ruin you. Like clearly dad is trying to bond with his son and he's a little concerned that he plays too many board games and, and with little figures and things like that. Um, and yeah, so I talked about, okay, so, uh, you know, this is, I, I had opened the firm a few years before um, and this is what I did. And this is what I think board games teach, critical thinking, communications, uh, maybe a little bluffing, <laughs> depending on what game uh, you're playing. I love deception games, folks. I do. Um, but uh, it was just a delightful conversation. And we played like three games in a row together. And uh, at the end of the day, he kind of took me aside and said, you know, just thank thank me for talking with them about, you know, balancing that, having games, going to college at that point. It was, you know, I think he was worried about his son. And uh, it was a it was a great conversation. Uh, and I loved it. So long story short, enjoy Gen Con. Um, and I would like to get down to it at some point in time. Uh, so, uh, I will see if I can do that. So have a great time, Sardinisms. I think that sounds fantastic. Um, good day from Queensland, Australia. Hashtag shrimp fried rice. I've tried not to just go into my, my bluey accents, uh, when I, when I say something Australian, uh, my, my, my daughters hate it when I try to talk like bandit, the father from bluey. Um, so We'll try to keep that off this morning stream, but I can throw in a good day. Indiana, Northern Ohio. I still can't believe a shrimp fried this rice. Now people have used that line. Is that a reference to something, some movie or sitcom that did that joke? I like that joke. I was just wondering if it was a reference to something else. Uh, morning from central Ontario, Canada, Memphis, uh, the Netherlands. Oh yes. Uh, so uh, in case you didn't see, um, Mrs. Hoaglaw has been working feverishly behind the scenes to actually deliver on what our YouTube membership page says YouTube members get here, which is customized emojis. Uh, so today does mark uh, the release of, I think, the first seven or eight. Um, and so if you want to check those out, we do have some emojis um, and they are, I think they're pretty rad. So do tell Mrs. Hoag that you like them. And uh, let her know because she was working very, very hard on this. 
Uh, so do check those out. We've got a high from Switzerland. We've got a high from someone else here. Hey, Kurt, how you doing this morning? Yes, I also need to work on my emoji game. So I appreciate that you have someone who works on your emoji game with such wonderful skill and class. Yes, I have I have staff who is woefully underpaid. Mm. Um, but I, I do pay in hugs. Yes. Um, I try I, I try to let folks know that she's doing a fantastic job. Oh, we have a double trouble here today. Nate, Yo. Nate the lawyer, haven't been here in a while. How are you doing, man? I'm all right. I, I, heard, I saw this loser jump in here. I was like, you know what? I got to stop this. Oh. Get inside here and mess with Kurt. There's some beef. Mm, oh, see, mm. now somebody's going to clip this out and make a thing out of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. I, I, I look heard. I look forward to one of the many drama channels making a five-hour expose <laughs> based on like one comment. That would be good. Oh, uh, How you doing this morning, Nate? I'm doing great. Just, you know, doing my video production stuff in the morning. What, what are you, what you guys up to? Well, I know what you're up to, Hogue. Uh, this is what I do. Thursday morning, we're hanging out. We're doing a little bit. We welcome people from wherever they're at. We got awesome places here. Finland, mm -hmm. the Netherlands, Woo! Madrid, uh, Midgeville, Georgia. Less exotic, but easier to drive to. Hello. Good morning, Midgeville, Georgia. Good Maybe morning, it's totally Georgia. exotic. You don't know their life. You know, it's true. It, it, I, honestly, I don't. I, I have been through Georgia, though. So. Hold on. One, one thing, if, if you guys don't mind, I do want to acknowledge one person, one special person in the chat. Sure. Secret Squirrel. Secret, Secret Squirrel. Secret, Secret Squirrel is the best. Through... Secret yeah, Se Squirrel is everywhere. They are the best. They are the best hype man on all the channels. They are. They are she the mods best. Us, they, she mods us all. Secret Squirrel, obviously, I'm, I'm assuming everybody knows Secret Squirrel is going through some health issues right now. I just want to send her all the best. There's a, um, there's a donations link that we've been sending out. Please you know, I did not Secret know Squirrel. that, amazingly enough. Uh, somehow yes. that escaped my attention. So please make sure to send that uh, donation link my way so I'll make sure to pimp that on my own channel as well. Yeah, yeah. But thank I, you. I couldn't thank agree you so more, much. Nate. Thank you so much for what you do for all of us, Secret Squirrel. We really, really appreciate it. And I know sometimes being in the chat, it's, 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 uh, being a mod is an unappreciated mm. talent, but you do it so well for all of us. And, and I, you know, I can't speak for everyone else, but I'll definitely speak for myself. You're extremely well appreciated. And I'm assuming Hogue and um, Uncivil feel the same way. Oh, First yeah. of all, I definitely do, Nate, but I like that. I like that subtle, you know, by the way, get on this, Rick and Kurt. Yeah, no, Secret Big Squirrel is fantastic. <laughs> I think there was a photo out uh, yesterday of Secret actually doing some modding from the hospital. Just amazing stuff. Uh, and, and none of this works without some people, well, frankly, killing, you know, naked HD chats when they come in. Uh, so <laughs> we are certainly very, very appreciative of that entire process and modding in general, and, and we couldn't do it without folks. And I believe it was you, Nate, that uh, in maybe my first episode was uh, teaching me about mods, period, here in streaming land and said, oh, oh yeah. give, that, give one to Secret McSquirrel. Uh, she'll get <laughs> you back, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. And look at this long-term relationship. Now, now you got all these other other mods here. So, but yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I was going to get in trouble if I didn't give modding powers to my wife. So, I mean, we got to be. We got to be careful here. Oh, but my wife isn't a mod on my channel. Oh, she, oh, I hope she didn't hear that. Hey, no, wait. You know, She's just a viewer. No judgment. No, judgment. <laughs> no absolutely. Uh, absolutely. And uh, yeah, Secret McSquirrel, Conley, Mrs. Hoglaw in the chat, chatting with each other. Uh, very good vibes. And we, of course, are, are thinking about you all the time. And uh, yes, yeah, we, got, we got plans. We got plans, Nate. <laughs> Do we? Uh, Let's see here. What else we got? We got. See, this is why I like giving that story about Gen Con, right? Board games didn't ruin you. Laughing face emoji. Laughing face emoji. Uh, yeah, no, but it's 
it's funny, right? Because we, I think we usually think about it as technology right now. Oh, they could, our kids get too much screen time or those video games are destroying minds. But like there really are people that just don't grok or never grew up with all sorts of different things. So this father was a loving father and very earnest, but clearly we're rolling dice. I think, I can't remember, we're being Godzilla in Tokyo or whatever. And uh, he's literally like, you, you, appear, you appear to not be living under a bridge as a bum. Uh, and you play board games. And it was like this kind of earnestness, this heartfeltness that was really awesome about that story. So no, board games didn't ruin me. Video games didn't ruin me. Um, and uh, no, gaming gaming is is my lifeblood. Gaming uh, kicks ass. As, as Kurt says, good morning. <laughs> uh, we love Bluey in our house. We adore Bluey. Bluey's the best. But I, you know, I don't want to offend anybody with my terrible bandit impressions here. Uh, but... Uh, let's see here. Bluey is the best. We got more Bluey's the best. Morning from South Carolina. Uh, and then we got the, we have the emojis that I don't think pop up in this format. So hopefully they're popping up for you. Check them out. A lot of fun. Um, and uh, maybe we can, maybe, maybe we can figure out how to convince StreamYard to get them to work a little bit better. But they are custom. So I think however they do their drag over is going to be a little bit tricky. First and foremost, we got to convince StreamYard to let us, uh, highlight people that gift them memberships because those mm. are amazing. Well, uh, first and foremost, we have to get them to fix their audio issues. <laughs> I only have so much power, man. I think I can maybe convince them to find out how to maybe, pull, maybe how to the audio, the the membership audio could sound thing. good. We know maybe that the, the, we could get some compression in there. Oh that wouldn't goodness. be so, so wildly wanky and... Yeah, that'd be the simplest, nice. The simplest thing is just an equalizer, so everybody's mm. so you don't have people's voices popping all over the place. Mm. <laughs> I actually always like Nate's uh, methodology here, which is the instant mute after he's not talking. He he uses uh, Streamyard and his uh, conversations like a CB radio from a trucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't because if, if if I leave it on, you're gonna hear kids screaming, "Ah, Dad, we're gonna kill you!" And I gotta mute quickly. <laughs> Uh, the only problem with Bluey is then your kids want to act like dogs and be crazy children. My kids love it. So, <laughs> so my kids are a little bit older. So we're, we, you know, we enjoy Bluey more out of an intellectual curiosity. Uh, and so they aren't jumping off to go play hotel or, and they aren't otherwise forcing dad to uh, squish them or anything else. But we do love Bluey. It is a delight. Um, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, so, did you guys have anything else uh, that you uh, wanted to chat about, Kurt, Nate, before we dive into uh, a vivisection of, of this article uh, from, from NBC News? Good word choice. No, not in particular. Let's go for it. Yeah. All right. I'm so, good. let's do it. We have, um, uh, you know, unless you guys want to talk about the weirdness, which is yesterday, of seeing um, the whole Alex Jones <laughs> chicanery yesterday. That was hilarious. I'm talking about it's the days of fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I'm not covering it here on the channel, so I don't know too much about it other than like the the overview. I did see in my timeline, and it, I, I believe this story was Nate. You can correct me on this. That the opposing counsel here says that Mr. Jones's lawyers conveyed like his text messages and his emails to them accidentally as part of a delivery. Yeah, what what happened is that Jones is 
well, he he defaulted because he was essentially didn't turn over any discovery. He was he was not turning over yep. discovery. Requests. I knew I knew that as a stance. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't everything. Like there were certain things that he didn't want to turn over. And essentially, he's playing the game. I'll give you what I want, not what you, not what you need. Um, so the judge was like, "Hey, you have to give. You know, discovery is compulsory. You got to. You know, you can't just give what you want." So that that happened. Um, but as part of that discovery request, you know, usually text messages and all communications about the particular event also go across with discovery. Um, so Alex had testified um, previously that he did not have any text messages regarding Sandy Hook. Now, that was in a way to do two things to make them irrelevant for discovery. So just, hey, these are irrelevant because there's nothing there. You know, we've looked at them. And right. then second, um, to um, to avoid to to make the, to have the argument that, you know, he wasn't texting about Sandy. Right, right, right. But something happened in which his attorneys kind of put everything together. And it seems like somebody put all of his text messages together in like a package Mm -hmm. and were like waiting to send them, but didn't send them. Mm -hmm. And then eventually something happened where they dropped it into a Dropbox and mistakenly sent it to the other side. So now when the other side gets it, they see all these text messages from Sandy Hook that don't supposed to that's supposed to not exist from Alex right. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. So they contacted the other side's lawyer and said, hey, you know, what's going on? Is this privileged as you're supposed to do with the ethical code? Like somebody sends you something by mistake. You send it back. Hey, is this privilege? Alex Jones attorneys now are in a bind. You know, is it privileged? Because they honestly did have it and were supposed to turn it over. So, you know, was it privileged? Was it not? So they chose to just say, well, you know, nothing and just give it to them and then the time ran out and the judge said well listen you can use it because obviously you're supposed to get it anyway they didn't claim privilege so you can use it so that's what happened yesterday and then they said well hey listen you know we got your text messages because your lawyers gave it to us but the lawyers the the malpractice piece of this is that the lawyers didn't tell alex jones that this happened so Mm. he was sandbagged on the stand with it i mean i i watched that clip and i couldn't really tell if I couldn't tell if Alex Jones felt soundbagged or anything else to honestly from that clip. I, I, it, it, he seemed like, well, I gave you everything. Uh, yeah, I gave it to them. They gave you what he didn't seem surprised. I, I maybe I misread what he was going on, but whatever. The no, whole they, thing's complicated. They, they literally asked him, they said, did you know we get to, he's like, no, I, I didn't. He, Cause yeah. the issue was, is that if they should have just given them over in discovery, but they didn't give them over. And don't forget though, he had just been asked the question. Did you? And he said, "I had absolutely no about." And that's that's why that's why it became a big thing because you not only did you did you lie, but here's the proof you lied. Thank you to your own attorneys. Yeah, uh, and it's it's interesting. So, is the notion then that you have that the stuff that was delivered was responsive to a legitimate request anyway, and they were using a strategy to ignore the discovery request? Is that what happened? Well, from my understanding, yes, those text messages should have been turned over in discovery, obviously. Because that complicates things, right? Yeah. Like, if it was was otherwise, they should never have seen the other side, then that's, you know, obvious lawyer malfeasance and and all sorts of problems. Yeah, but Uh, that's a mistake. That's a mistake that happens. And when that mistake happens, then you just go get it, right? And it's okay, let's let's do it. Right. Right. That, that this wasn't a mistake. And, oh, some people say Robert Barnes told a completely different story. But just so everyone knows. I personally have not been on Infowars, have no relationship with them. I'm not getting a paid from. I'm not friends with any of those people. So my objective, my objective and, and my, my view of this is pretty much how I view any case, right? Alex Jones is some other body who, and I'm looking at the case, 
that's not the same for Alex, uh, um, our friend Robert Barnes. Robert Barnes mm-hmm. is a friend. Robert Barnes works for InfoWars as of right now. He was literally in the trial. One of his clips, Robert Barnes' clips, was played in the trial to impeach um, Alex Jones that, because he was just on the show. So, you know, he says he's friends. He says he represents them. He says he's all this. So understand that is the source of, you know, Robert says Alex Jones walks on water and he's God. Great guy. But he's horribly biased. And I would be, too, if my friend was on trial. Somebody who I know, somebody who I care about, somebody who I work for, somebody who's paying my salary, right? If I, somebody who I'm friends with. I would be biased, too. But, you know, no matter if he believes he's biased or not, I think you should at least tell the audience if you do have these biases so they would be able to judge whether you're giving them, you know, your opinion based on objective facts or your opinion based on the biases that you hold. That's what I would say. And I think that's a totally fair assertion. We're all biased about various things. And if that's that close relationship, I can understand that. I can't speak to the substance of this. What Nate described sounds like uh, a good description of uh, lines up with what I saw in my timeline yesterday, but I'm not following the case uh, very much. And certainly I'm sure different people can have different perspectives on a, a set of events like this because it's uh, wild. E- even just looking at the thing, it's like, what happened? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, uh, thanks for the update on that, Nate, because I really haven't been followed. Have you been uh, covering that on, on your channel? Cause I know people have come into my comments and asked about it. I'm happy to send them your way if you're covering it. Yeah. I've, I've been looking, I've been watching the trial. Um, and so, because okay. I wasn't, I wasn't live streaming it, but th- th- there, there's a lot of misinformation out there, especially even, even from some of the people, because there's a lot of the, the conservative, not conservative. There's a lot of conspiracy theorists who want to pretend Alex Jones is like innocent. So we're like reading the police and all that stuff. One of the more interesting parts I find is that, so yesterday people were saying, oh, they're, 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 they're just putting out clips of the trial. They're not putting out the whole trial. But then it was like yesterday I had to tell people, like, you know, the trial is being live streamed every single day and it's being put up on more crime, just like the Johnny Depp trial. I was going to so, say that doesn't prevent people from reporting whatever they like, no matter yeah. what. So then it was so then it was like, OK, well, the court, because so a lot of people don't know, like for Jesse Smollett and for all these other trials, the court usually has its own live stream on YouTube and they'll play it. But then they'll delete the live stream right after the broadcast because they just want a broadcast. They don't want to record it. But anyone else could record it. So, like, for instance, um, Law and Crime records it and puts it up. But the, the weird part about it is that they're using that. So, like, this morning, someone used that and said, oh, look, the court removed the live stream yesterday because they're trying to hide the facts. And you're like, well, no, if you just go to Law and Crime, they literally have the entire proceedings still up for prosperity. So, you know, just because the court. So, again, this is every single little tactic to make Alex Jones, to seem like there's some conspiracy against Alex Jones, and it just happens not to be. So that, that's like the, the big issues that's been going on re- recently. Interesting. Okay, well, thanks. No, I appreciate it. I, um, I, I watch a bunch of stuff from afar, right? And sometimes it makes it to this channel, sometimes it doesn't. But I, I think it's useful, especially for what I saw yesterday, because one of my initial questions was, oh, that looks like some lawyers are gonna, <laughs> looks like some lawyers are gonna have some insurance calls tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It does confound things a little bit if they should have been responding with those documents anyway. So I don't know. I uh, I am very happy sometimes to not be a litigator and uh, be dealing with uh, client requests and, and strategies on that level. So I appreciate the the clarity there, Nate. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep following it from afar. Speaking of cases that get weird reporting and that people are very invested in. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Depp v. Heard because, hey, that's what we do here. 
Um, we talk about it maybe a little too much, but that's only because the media does. So we did a video on Tuesday that was talking about um, the sentiment around the document release that was facilitated by Andrea Burkhart, right? And we talked about that uh, at length. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, that night, eight, August 1st, about, I think it's like 7 or 8 p.m., NBC News puts up an article. Uh, and they tweet out the description of the article as follows. The online support marks a shift in attitude towards Amber Heard, who during the six-week trial in Fairfax County, Virginia, became the center of backlash from Johnny Depp fans while the proceedings were broadcast across the country. Now, that's not actually a terribly good tweet for leading you directly to the article. And in fact, it doesn't match up with the article's uh, actual headline, right? If we look at the headline here, it's actually a little bit fairer. The headline of this article is New Documents Trigger Fresh Online Battle. We'll talk about fresh. Between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp fans, Amber Heard deserves an apology trended across Twitter on Monday. Um, and so that's the headline. But what NBC News goes out there with is, is this notion of marking a shift, which is really what draws my attention and what leads me to discussing these things. Now, we're going to discuss this in depth. If you are a Twitter user, a, I'm very sorry, uh, but B, you probably have a roadmap for some of the things we're going to discuss here. And if you want to follow it, you can check out my tweet that goes like this, starts out this way, because this is a thread of some, I don't even know, 40 messages. Uh, we're going to use it in a kind of unusual way in this space to discuss specifically what I'm concerned about with respect to reporting. Um, and this is a reasonable minds can differ kind of thing. You can argue that there's a groundswell of support, a sentiment shift. You can do those kinds of things. But what we do demand here in Hangouts and Headlines and Virtual Legality at Hoglaw YouTube in general is that you show your receipts, you show your work, you establish exactly why you are thinking those things. And instead, there's a reason that my opening statement here is effectively this is erroneous and incomplete um, mm -hmm. line by line by line by line by line. Uh, it has that particular issue leading to hashtag shrimp fried rice, uh, which I like for its oddity. And we'll talk about that as I'm well. I'm going to tweet it right now. There you go. Tweet hashtag shrimp fried rice. Um, but it's uh, it's a very interesting article that I think is emblematic of what we're seeing uh, on all this stuff. And I do, before we dive too far deeply, I did have a couple super chats I wanted to hit. Uh, Need I'm late for my favorite Workday podcast. We're only getting started on headlines, so you're perfectly on time from my perspective. Uh, thank you so much for the super chat. And uh, 40 Doherty, I found LawTube during the depth trial, and it inspired me to go for an MS in criminal justice. Congratulations. That's awesome. Education and learning is fun. Just got accepted. Keep up the great educational content. We will certainly try here. Thank you so much for the super chat, and congratulations on going and getting some more education. I love it. Um, and then Brit here, we all have our bias. That is true. It's true. We're human beings. That is why I do not trust anything I hear online without doing some of my own research. Oh, and my pure hate for any college football conference with a number in its name. Mm. Well, Brit. All right. Them's fighting words. The ACC is the best conference of them all. In fairness, the Big Ten's 10 is just wildly inaccurate and only increasingly so. Uh, so that 10 might not even be a number. It might be more. It's of a neither concept. big nor 10 discuss. It's, it's, it's more of a philosophical ideal. What is hmm. 10 really? Can we even know? <laughs> the perfectly numb named conference for our time. What is a 10? 
And as I've said before, I want to thank Callista for gifting five Hoglaw memberships. I can't bring that up on screen, but it's so, so appreciated. Thank you so much for the support of the channel. Now, let's talk about this. First and foremost, I want to point out one thing. NBC News and the author in general that we'll be talking about in the thread, Kat Tenbarge, um, are not the only ones that are going out with articles that are at least a little bit wrong, right? We just only have so much time in the day to cover these things. I, I can just highlight some uh, here. We've got Newsweek. Johnny Depp fans damaged his reputation by unsealing documents. Like just at the headline level and the first sentence here, Johnny Depp fans may have inadvertently damaged the actor's reputation by paying to have pretrial documents unsealed. A lawyer has said like all of that is inaccurate at like a fundamental place. YouTubers, Twitter users, Andrea Burkhart, people on the street don't pay courts to unseal documents. That's not a thing that happens. Uh, very specifically we, we here. bribe them. Yeah. The, the court unseals the documents and then the court charges an exorbitant rate for copies, give or take, mm -hmm. digital transmissions. I believe it's 50 cents a sheet on it this It was one. 50 cents a page, which is it's ridiculous. A, my goodness. Uh, so it's 50 cents a sheet. They, they are uh, maybe not actively discouraging people from doing this, but uh, at least tacitly. Uh, and so that's what happened. And I'm not I'm not ascribing this to the lawyer. You'll see that there's no quotes here uh, and it's framed slightly differently later in the article. So you, you've got people playing fast and loose with these things across the internet. So I, I just want to make clear, I'm going to come pretty hard at this article, uh, but it's it's emblematic of a lot of reporting on this stuff where benefit of the doubt, we like to be optimists here. We like to give the benefit of the doubt uh, on this channel. They just don't have a fulsome understanding of like the legal concepts that they're otherwise putting forth. I know some of you will come into the chat and say, no, no, no optimism is warranted here. No benefit of the doubt. Uh, but uh, just let's start there with that stance and then we can change as we go through all of this. So this is the headline. This is the sub headline. And I think virtually every sentence, but at least every paragraph has at least a sin of omission, if not an outright fabrication. So let's talk about it. A hashtag defending Amber Heard trended Monday on Twitter after what appeared to be unsealed court documents in the defamation case brought by Johnny Depp were made public by a YouTuber known for her legal commentary. Wow, right? So let's- Which let's one? Let's Which unpack one? this. Well, they'll get to it. They'll talk about Andrea. Uh, but let, let's unpack this just a little bit, right? So a hashtag defending Amber Heard trended Monday. We're gonna talk about hashtags. We're gonna talk about shrimp fried rice. We're gonna talk about the way trends work on Twitter in just a little bit. But overall, it's important to note that what a hashtag says doesn't necessarily represent the sentiments of that tweet or that Instagram post or wherever else you might be using tags. And these these individuals, these authors are not dumb. Uh, they, have, they have some good insights uh, from time to time. Uh, and so this is disingenuous to start out with because you can't just frame a uh, the sky is blue hashtag and assume that everybody that is using that hashtag is a talking about the sky or b agreeing that it's blue, right? That's just not how social media works. And, and they know this. Um, so this is an article that is sent out through a Twitter account to more than 9 million people. And to some extent it is playing off of at least some people's, um, Let's call it lack of information on the way social media actually operates to represent something that I don't think they have actual any indication or proof of. Then you get this kind of shade, right? This is the very first sentence. This is what's important in these kinds of documents. You get a shade here. 
appeared to be unsealed court documents, right? Because what they're going to do is they're going to reference Andrea Burkhart. We're going to talk about her in just a minute. Um, and they're going to reference the fact that she's put up these documents on a free to access repository on her website. And NBC is going to intimate in a number of places that they don't trust it as a source. And this is the first time they do that, right? I mean, not that lawyers are otherwise bound by ethical rules and probably aren't fabricating, you know, 6,000 pages of documents to put on their website, but this is the start of things. Uh, and then it only gets a little bit worse from here, right? So we proceed to the next paragraph. And guys, stop me if you have anything to add on any of this as we go through here. Um, but we proceed to the next paragraph and we get the reference to what we're actually talking about. Amber Heard deserves an apology, hashtag. First surfaced over the weekend after the Daily Beast published some of the findings from the court documents. Now, if that rings a bell, it is because the last episode that we did was a rather close reading and criticism of the Daily Beast's approach to reporting on these documents. Uh, now, you might also say, Rick, it's kind of weird, right? NBC News, pretty well-resourced news organization, has a lot of people, has a lot of folks that could read through these documents. What, why, are we, why are we talking about the Daily Beast here? Well, that's because when we get a little bit further, we'll see NBC News has not independently reviewed the documents and is, in fact, relying on the summary afforded by the Daily Beast, a summary that we already talked about as having material issues and omissions and has already had a significant correction, which probably doesn't actually go far enough to correct some of the issues that they have in those articles. So the premise here is hashtags are more than they are. We don't trust the documents. The Daily Beast, we apparently do trust. We didn't read them themselves. And most importantly here, there's no indication that the Daily Beast isn't using Andrea Burkhart's repository, which I would expect that they are. <laughs> so when you start talking about an article like this, you're, you're starting to layer in problems, right? You're starting to layer in all of these issues. And I, I have a tweet that kind of summarizes all of them together in that big, long thread that you can, again, follow along with if you want to. Uh, but they, we're not two paragraphs in, and we've also got issues, right? When they start talking about what the Daily Beast says, you see that they follow along with what the Daily Beast says. So we've got a lot of Herd's team said, uh, and this is the, the photos into evidence. We've got a lot of her lawyers suggested things about audio and edited recordings. We have things that are normal in pretrial motion fights, right? And you can also argue this the opposite way. This is self-selecting even what the Daily Beast article said in that context in order to present you with the picture, right? Pictures are nice. Uh, and here we go. Attorneys for Depp and Heard declined to comment. Sure. NBC News has not independently reviewed the documents, but it has seen purported copies. There's your second second time, right? Purported. Throwing yeah, yeah, we if we faked we fake 6,600 pages of court documents. That's definitely something we did. Uh -huh. Appeared to be in purported, right? There's no love loss between Kat and Andrea, uh, including pages posted by YouTuber Andrea Burkhart on her website. Burkhart, a lawyer based in Washington. Let's give NBC News a credit, right? We saw the Washington Post ignore this fact in the past for other YouTubers. We've seen others frame YouTube lawyers as doing something else. At least they mentioned that she's a lawyer. She has amassed 50,000 followers on YouTube. Are, are, do we amass followers? <clears throat> First of all, there's subscribers on YouTube, just to be clear. If we're, if we're actually going to report on things. Uh, but I, I, don't, I don't view you guys as amassed. That seems a little bit dehumanizing. <laughs> Where she posts legal commentary about various celebrity trials that have generated public interest in the last year. 
She didn't respond to request for comment. Objection. Did you give how much chance did you get? Is this another one of the are we doing legal bites again? Is that what we're doing? Are we doing no, that? No, 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 we didn't not that badly. No, it's clear that Andrea um refused to respond to to cat here. Oh, oh, and they they pulled some of my evidence here. Hold on, well, well, we'll get back to that. Um well, she, and, she specifically well, said that, right? It, even in her response, she said, I'm not giving Kat anything because Kat's not <laughs> Well, yes, but it's also a press release at the same time, right? So it's like a comment that isn't directed directly at Kat. Like, she's clearly commenting on things. And, of course, because I, uh, I was trying to pull it up here, I can't otherwise find it. Here we go. So Andrea Burkhart releases a press release on August 1st, the day that this news story comes out. I would argue it's probably precipitated by the request for comment, in all honesty. Uh, <clears throat> that she knows is coming from NBC News. But yes, as part of her tweet, and I didn't bring it up here, she says that uh, I gave this to everybody that asked about it, uh, except for Kat, never Kat. So she's got an issue with that. That's fine. Um, and and I would argue that uh, it appears NBC News has an issue with her. But in terms of didn't comment, like she released a press release publicly. Uh, and so when you're reporting on a story like this and you've got somebody that talks about the transparency in the court system and the importance of getting these documents out and what it costs in the donation or anything else. I, I do think for completeness to report a story like this, you can say, hey, she didn't respond to our personal request for comment. She did release a press release. And, you know, you could put a quote in here uh, from her. That's clearly not their desire here. So this is not this isn't wrong. I assume this is describing um, like an email exchange or a Twitter DM or what have you. Uh, but she does go the extra mile to actually get notes out there that she wants disseminated about what is happening here. And they just say, no, she didn't respond. She responded even saying, even saying no, never cat is, is a response. Yeah, uh, so, you know, yeah. we, we could, we could do a little bit better here, but overall, maybe a response like F you would be a response. That'd be good. Well, I mean, you can say, you know, you, you can, you can frame this differently. Uh, and they, they never do that. It's like, well, they didn't they didn't respond to her comment. It's like, well, people can see it online because this all goes up beforehand. Right. One of the issues that also comes out of this and you can see in that thread uh, that I cover it is that the author here is is tweeting out hours and hours and hours and hours before this article, which, remember, is premised on the notion that this new hashtag is trending. She tweets out the following. During the trial, viral posts about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were almost all in favor of Depp, but things are starting to shift. I wanted to break down some of the ways individuals were able to fight back against the misinformation and harassment campaign. That is a motivated thinker before we get to any analysis, right? It is a misinformation harassment campaign and things are starting to shift. We don't actually have any basis for that. And then she puts a thread of things that are you know, plucked examples. And then that becomes, again, with a circulation of 9 million uh, the premise of an article like this one based on a hashtag that they say is trending. Now, you got that purported. You got that don't request respond to request for comment. And then you have only this description of that trend. The online support, which was spawned by some of her fans, marks a shift in attitude towards Heard, who during the six-week trial in Fairfax became the center of backlash from Depp fans while the proceedings were broadcast across the country. So here, here is where everything lives. You have a hashtag it's spawned by some of her fans which is like technically correct but doesn't fulsomely report what actually happened here and then you have your assertion 
marks a shift in attitude towards her. Now, what's odd about that is that elsewhere, she admits that there have always been herd fans. There have been people that have otherwise talked about this. And marking a shift would seem to require a little bit more than fan-based tweeting, especially, and I just said that they pulled this, especially if that fan-based tweeting is organized by what used to be shown here in this particular tweet, which has been pulled or I've been blocked or what have you, uh, in this particular tweet as a picture of what time zone you are in that so that on August 1st, you can all retweet this particular phrase. Um, and so I say for more fulsomely in this particular thread, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I'm not, you know, bot sentinel out here saying that that somehow is inorganic. I think rallying people is an organic kind of activity. And I think that that's okay. But I do think again, for full context, when we talk about something like this spawned by some of her fans probably doesn't do justice to what was a coordinated effort to ping this particular hashtag at a specific moment in time. Um, and as I will later say, it's not the world's hardest thing to do to get a specific hashtag trending, especially if it's of an area of interest and people are going to react negatively to it because that will help keep the thing trending as we go forward. Since Heard brought allegations against Depp, social media users have ferociously defended Depp. Now, this I thought was interesting because I find it is to be hyperbole. If we recall, Heard brought allegations against Depp during the TRO. That's 2016. Do we actually think that social media users as a group, seemingly the entire group in this particular locution, have ferociously defended Depp at the moment that the TRO is filed? Because I don't think that's what happened. And I don't think that anybody has really represented that it has been this kind of groundswell of support for Johnny Depp when the allegations are initially reported on. Um, but that's what they are asserting here. I think 2018 may be a different issue. 2019, certainly. And you, you proceed on from there. But in 2016, I don't think so. I, I think in 2016, it was actually pro-Amber, right? A lot of the social media stuff was all pro-Amber back then. I mean, I could tell you that my knee-jerk reaction to that reporting, and maybe it's different now after watching the trial and everything else, is, oh my God, that's horrible, right? Like, I, I mean, it's, that, that, that's yeah. my initial impression of, of that kind of reporting. So, you know, you can, you can call me naive on that, and maybe I was, maybe I still am, but it's, it, yeah, it's, wow. Yeah, you don't want to just believe that uh, something like that could be a fabrication. Uh, now, hashtags like Justice for Johnny racked up billions of views on platforms like TikTok during the trial. And wouldn't it be useful if we've got this kind of math to be able to compare what we're talking about with this shift in momentum, right? The discourse around the trial has remained a common conversation on social media platforms. Some dedicated users have continued to lambast herd while lauding depth. This particular sentence is interesting in and of itself, right? Because this implies that some folks are just obsessed with this and are lambasting herd while lauding depth in an article about a situation where herd fans are coordinating on a time zone basis mm. a hashtag campaign. And I don't have a problem <laughs> with that. I don't. They're dedicated, but you get this kind of, well, you have to be real diehard crazies to be out there lambasting herd while lauding depth. Um, well, okay, let's let's take a step back and analyze ourselves. Supporters of Depp and the creators who covered the trial, some of whom monetized their coverage, yeah, have I, also I worked for weeks. I, to uncover I, new this, this, this criticism continues to befuddle me yeah, because as opposed to all media basically in the history of time. No, no, no. These authors, these authors would, did this pro bono. They didn't collect salary for this. They, this was just written out of the out of the goodness of their heart. You didn't uh -huh. know. 
on NBCNews.com, which also is not making any money from this. <laughs> no, 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 nobody's making any money. This isn't monetized mm. at all, right? Mm. I mean, it's like they don't. There's no clicks oh, here. So, oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I was confused. I was under no. the imp- I was under the impression that every media since the beginning of time has tried to produce stories that people would like. Uh, potentially, it bleeds, it leads extra, extra. Read all about it and trying to make money off of uh, the uh, misfortune of others, to use my tagline. So, no, I mean, uh, I, but apparently that was a misconception of mine. I'm sorry. No, all of this that we're scrolling through right now, all of this is substantive mm, additions mm, to, the, mm. to the material. This is well. I I'd love to know how Xfinity is uh, related to the Amber Heard uh, Bayou, but, no, uh, we, but we should click on that so we can learn more. There's yeah, a targeted no, ads right there, baby. The, the tabula feed are is uh, is actually part of of the article here. Yes, so mm-hmm. so you know this is all. <laughs> It's all not. It's all not monetized, gentlemen. What are you talking about? Um, no, <laughs> and that's. I don't. That is not to disparage NBC News, right? You know, you got to pay people, and you got to you got to feed families, and you got to do these kinds of things. Um, yeah, it's it's just hilarious. I, like it's the tar and feather brush, right? It it is that. Aren't you just seeking your fifteen minutes of fame? And it's like, um, you know, some people could be. Hey, I'm right? going for I'm going for thirty, baby. Okay. Well, so so is the media covering this story. God help us. God help us for the entire appeals process. Like, I I have no idea. Um, I'm going to know more about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard than I ever, ever wanted to know. I'm probably already there. What is his shoe size? Yeah, I don't. You say I don't know. Somebody in chat probably does. Mm. Somebody in chat probably knows all sorts of sizes, I would guess. Um, So Mm. uh, this is, again, the standard complaint, right? Like the Washington Post wrote an entire article about this. We are expecting more criticism on this particular score, especially directed at YouTube in the, in the very near future. Stay tuned for that. Um, and, and so we are proceeding down towards, uh, you know, the, the, the claims, the, the implications of nefarious attempt. Uh, Depp had sued Heard. We get all this. A jury awarded him $10 million in compensatory damages and $5 million in punitive in his defamation suit. Again, I want to compliment NBC News because this is an area where I see a lot of bad reporting. Uh, and in particular, I see the sentence the jury awarded him $10.35 million. And that's just factually wrong. That the, This is what the jury awarded. And then the cap comes in. Um, during the trial, Ron Schnell, we all remember Mr. Schnell, the director of the Berkeley Research Group, an international consulting firm. <laughs> I like the titling. Testified about the hashtags he examined from April 2020 to January 2022. Notably, not going back to 2016. He said he observed more than 2 million negative tweets related to Heard. And yeah, there's negative tweets about everybody. You can you can go observe negative tweets about me. Um, there are negative tweets about me. It's very very sad. Yeah, only only Nate so escapes negative tweets. That's right. I, because... I wish I did. You you guys haven't seen my my yesterday yesterday fighting the Alex Jones crew. It's it's, it's oh, all negative tweets. All negative tweets. It's funny. It's you know it's wonderful watching conspiracy theorists make up more conspiracies. It's like it's a, it's a never ending deep well of conspiracies. Well, and it's it's the nature of things. It doesn't make it right in all cases, but it also doesn't make it terribly useful news information, right? So you've got framing here. Uh, you know, we talk about rhetoric, and so they've, they've established certain things. Oh, it's the dedicated fans that are lobasting herd. Oh, this is an organic groundswell. We're not going to mention that it was coordinated. We're, you know, we're going through. You've got the contours. This is exactly what Hangouts and Headlines is designed to talk about. And they bring up this particular individual who, if you remember, was cross-examined pretty harshly on what he did and didn't research, including researching exactly what the content of the use of these hashtags was. 
Uh, and again, if you watch the trial, you know this. You know this is a weakness in this kind of analysis, period. Uh, the maligning of Heard on social media became so severe that some survivors of domestic abuse and supporters of Heard said they were frightened to speak out. There was an article about these kinds of things. And I have no doubt on the margins that it was true. I have said on this space that there were stuff that I was uncomfortable with. And I think it went too far in places. But again, I, I think it goes too far in a lot of places in all directions. Right now, you have people you know, making fun of and hashtagging Johnny Depp's medical issues from the documents that were released. On, on Burkhart's website. You know, I don't think that's appropriate for what's happening either. Uh, in recent weeks, Burkhart, the YouTuber, just, just, just keeping track of the titling here, right, throughout the article, uh, you know, Robert Schnell, the director of Berkeley Research Group, an international consulting firm, versus a legitimate practicing lawyer, the YouTuber. Yeah. <laughs> accepted donations from viewers of her channel to pay over 3,300 to download new court documents. And I love the implication here, right? You read a sentence like this in the news, and I don't know about you, but the way my head works is I go, oh, oh, did she actually, but did she use it for that? Did, did she? Right now, there's an actual press release that talks about how expensive this is, but, oh, it's not. Hey, seems expensive, doesn't it? That's weird. After publishing the documents, which contain more than 6,000 pages on her website, Burkhart and her followers ignited more scrutiny of depth from people online. What, what do we think this means? What what is obviously the rhetoric is designed to make them seem like, you know, harpies in the night and, and that kind of thing. But like what what does this refer to and what is the action taken to ignite more scrutiny of depth from and then what is people online like this? This is reporting, folks, right now. What what does this mean? Does it mean anything? I have nothing on this. It is, and it's bizarre. When you really closely read these, this has this conveys no information content other than what we already know, which is that she made these documents available, right? And then there's more scrutiny. Now, what's weird is you would say, okay, well, maybe, Rick, hey, that's leading into the next paragraph. This is the setup. It's a transition. We're going to go in and we're going to establish that some of Heard's defenders noted that Depp lost a libel case. Uh, okay, so I haven't been following this for five years. Uh, I only really started this year at the stop of the trial. Uh, I, I knew this. Yeah. I mean, like the, the documents didn't reveal this, right? So this seems to be going back to the premise, which I said was fairer, but I don't know that anybody online ever stopped kind of arguing this, right? This is something that's brought up in all the media. It's not related to the document release. It's not related to Andrea Burkhardt. It's not related to the trending hashtag. It's just brought up to have a paragraph in here to remind the readership that may not know this fact that this is in fact what happened. And then to kind of double down on idiocy or unuseful fact sharing, it's just three tweets from the hashtag that are defending Amber Heard, which is great. That's your prerogative. You can have those opinions, but that's used as the main argument. And this, they use the peacock at the end. So, you know, you're done reading and you don't have to go to their ads. Mm. That's all that's in here. But there are that, no ads because this is, this is pure as a driven. It's not monetized. No, it is. Mm, it is. Mm. Yeah. This is all monetized. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and that's, that's the article, right? So I read this, this was shared with me and I said, this, this is, this is one of the more amazing things I have seen. And you can check out this thread, a lot of which was, was, was covered. And we talk a little bit about the daily beast author here, effectively accusing Rob of law and lumber of being a bot. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, which is, yep. which is interesting for a live streamer. I mean, like, usually you do at least the modicum of research, but it's very on brand for the author of the Daily Beast article to not even bother ch telling that Rob is not, in fact, just a just a Twitter face. Um, so it just goes from there. 
And that leads us to shrimp fried rice, right? So we're talking about the hashtags as part of this. Um, and one of the things I say is it's tremendously easy. And, and this is a little bit hyperbolic even on my part, but it is much, much, much more easy than you might think to have a hashtag start trending. Really, it just requires a concentration of people doing something at a given time. Um, and I say it's a fact which Emily Baker and Lumber Law know all too well because Emily over on her channel likes to do this. <laughs> likes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> likes, likes to play with the hashtags, not for any nefarious purpose, not for any reason that NBC News would have an issue with, uh, but just for fun. And so what I said was I, I, I did see how it started trending and it trended with a number that had 1,400 tweets, right? That That's not a lot folks no. that's not a lot uh, in any we have fifth we have more people here right now if you all if you all hashtag shrimp fried rice right this second you would hit this 1409 number you should in fact no, no, you no. should in fact tweet we're, right now we're not we're not giving orders kurt uh, yes, but I, it's, it's just an example now do it we're just do giving it. an example kurt <sighs> i tell you what yes am i right folks uh the point is so i said i i, I put in the tweet i'm talking about how low the number is to actually drive that forward. And I and I say, well, look, um, at numbers like these, the readers of this thread could get shrimp fried rice trending. If they really wanted to, it wouldn't mean anything. And just just for clarity, I, I wanted it to be nonsense, uh, right? I didn't want it to be a, a political message or anything else like that. It's, it's, it's a nonsense phrase that is actually specifically a reference to, to one of my favorite shows, which is How I Met Your Mother, where... Barney Stinson, a character in that show, is trying to convince his friends that you can get people to cheer for anything, right? So I thought it was a I thought it was a nice homage and reference to this particular issue. You can see the various characters dancing around. They don't know why they're cheering for shrimp fried rice. They just are. Uh, and so that was the reference that I made. Uh, but because I have to admit, I underestimate you all, and I'm sorry for that, um, y'all all just started getting shrimp fried rice trending. Um, over the last couple of days, and uh, you just started tweeting about shrimp fried rice to everybody, and, and putting it in all of your uh, in all of your tweets. Uh, and the funniest part about this to me is that you then have various people. Well, th there's there's uncivil law with the hashtag. Um, and I, told you I, was, I mean, I told you I was tweeting it right now. I wasn't twenty six minutes ago. I, yeah, I right said that. Right I, I wasn't lying. So, uh, so. It, it's 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 a very it's it's funny, but it's also important, right? So it's it's establishing that the reporting on this has to get better, and I think Cat and the other people at NBC News and the other folks uh, can do this better. And and I'm hopeful that it isn't just disingenuousness that that is leading to these kinds of things. It's not just because it's driven by uh, what. Uh, they want the storyline to be. And I know some of you are going to come in the comments and say, Rick, that's lovely. You're a lovely person, but you are a moron. And, and I understand that. Uh, but I but I hold fast to these beliefs that if we go through and we talk logically about what the errors are here and we identify them for people, we can make this whole process better. And yes, we could talk about shrimp fried rice uh, at the same time. So that's today's headline. I wanted to go through it all with you. I can see I got some super chats, I think probably talking about hashtags and some shrimp fried rice and maybe some things that Emily Baker likes. Uh, but what do my guests think about all this? You were very polite to let me uh, rant and rave about this uh, for, for a good long time here. Did you read this article before you came on uh, today? Did you have any thoughts when you first read it? Did you have any different thoughts while we went through it uh, in this particular run through? 
Nope. Well, <laughs> I, I I didn't read it beforehand, um, but just looking at it now, I, I, I did see the thread earlier, though, um, with you and, and Kat and um, wrestling around through it. And I, I, I always find that her arguments seem to be disingenuous because, again, I don't know if you guys saw the married to um, married to whatever the NBC documentary on the. On I the did. Thing. Yep, we covered that here. Mm-hmm. And remember when when Kat found out that Johnny had won, and how she, depressed she looked and how upset she looked, and I think in that moment you started understanding who she was rooting for, and I think the way she sees this is that Amber is a victim and Johnny is the abuser. But I think I think that's right. And that's we, that we, motivated nature yes. of it, right? Like that's the issue fundamentally is you have to be able in that job to take in new information and to evaluate what your biases are and to evaluate where you're coming from. And I agree with you completely, Nate, that that's why I, I talked about her thread. It, it's, it's not a gotcha so much as you can see before she writes it before it goes up, before it's published, before the tweet trend happens, that this is how she sees the world, that this side is right, this side is wrong, and I'm going to report on it from that premise. And yes, where I get concerned is that it does become a little bit of a no-holds-barred, right? If I'm righteous, if I'm right, then I can play all these games. And that's, that's why headlines exist to some extent is, all right, so let's talk about it. this is what happens here. You got these appeared to be you got these purported. All right, we're going to frame it. We're only going to talk about the things that are against Depp. And even the Daily Beast reported on some of the things that are against her. And, yeah. and like all of these things, every specific place where you can make a choice, um, you make a choice to slant. Uh, and that's, you know, this was this was, I thought, egregious. And that's well, that's, that's why you, well, like, well, yeah, yeah, you, you, say, you say make a choice to slant. But if when you're already standing on a slant, everything seems even. Yes, Maybe. but I. But I, I think here, though, two things with NBC. Number one, um, even in, in her tweet back and forth with you, she was complaining that um, that Depp's people who support Johnny Depp are monetized and are making money off of this, right? No, no doubt about it, that's true. But then on the opposite end, the people who she sent out to, hey, you should support, you know, support these people who are supporting Amber Heard, on their profiles, they had literally had, say, support me here, pay me here, you know, here's a support link, so, so, blah, blah, sure, blah. Sure, because people got to eat. So people got to eat. I don't begrudge eat. them that. <laughs> and then even, even her, right? The yeah. reason why she has this check mark, the reason why she has this platform in NBC is because NBC is paying her for this coverage. They're paying her to make the, to, to do these things. So, you know, it's just disingenuous again to say, hey, people are being are being paid to report essentially what they see. And then mm-hmm. the last part about it is that reading through this, you can really tell. Um, a lot of times, it's usually the right-wing narrative. All the media is bad, all the media is bad. Um, because if you're not perfect, you, we can't listen to it. But um, I think in this case, Kat has exposed what the the fears are of more of a lot of people who are out there number one the power of the media and when it's exposed in this way you get to where it's not successful you get to kind of see it naked out there on the floor and what i mean by that is look at it's it's most of the times when you talk about media bias you can't see it right it's like oh well yeah are they really doing it but here when you have the facts facts that are really just laid out there for ben we can all see them now you can see how they're trying to spin it and she's trying to spin it as much as possible under this umbrella of being an objective nbc reporter 
And I think that's what's going to hurt their brand initially because a lot of people who are watching this, even, even in the chat or who are going to watch this later, are now going to look at NBC as a joke because they're hiring people who are not just reporting out the straight facts. Like you've been saying, purported all this way of writing it to spin it. But if you just lay out the facts, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, the story, this story probably get more traction. But because she's trying so hard to spin it and make it look objective, and it's so obvious, that's why I think that's I think Kat's problem is that she's bad at what she does, and she's bad at being an objective, and she's bad at being an objective journalist. She's good at being a motivated journalist, but she's bad at being an objective journalist. Right, and this is distinct. You know, if this is an opinion piece, if this is a column, uh, you know, I, I'd still probably talk about the logic of it that's what we do here but i i give greater leeway to you know you're allowed your opinions this is presented as news and everything is using neutral language and nate i couldn't agree with you more you know i finish off this thread and and i really this is what virtual legality is about right i you know i'm not regularly covering cases like this um but it as i say I, i'm not a specific fan of johnny depp but it, but it's even for relatively unimportant articles like this one. And that's not to take away from people that are deeply invested in depth. You heard that. That is totally all right. Um, but unimportant, I mean, there's not an international conflict at issue here. There isn't, you know, massive governance questions or, or important criminal concerns. Um, even for unimportant articles like this one, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Nate, is that you can look at this with that separation of whatever your personal politics might be or whatever is actually you're really passionate about and you can see it with even clearer eyes, right? This is a trial that was broadcast live to us all. Whatever your level of interest wanted to be here, you could satiate it. You could watch mm. every darn minute. Oh yeah. And then you oh, could yeah. see how it was reported on. And if you've been on Twitter ever, if you've dealt with hashtags or tags in general, you can see that the assertion here, the primary assertion that there is a hashtag that went out and that marks a shift in attitude is neon lights, giant sign, objection, facts, not in evidence, right? Like there's there's no logic that leads you there as presented in this article, regardless of every other kind of little trick that's played and uh, shade thrown towards Andrea and everything else. This, the actual premise doesn't have, it's not even on a, it's not even built on sand. It's built on nothing. But hold, um, that's, that's the tactic though. The tactic is to say it as if it is true. It's, 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 it's been a long political tactic for many years, right? Just say it, right? Uh, yes, he's going to cut taxes when the politician knows he's not going to cut taxes. I'm going to do this when it, because as long as you say it and people believe that there's some hope for it happening, then it becomes true in their mind. So there are people who are going to read this who are not going to have any of the facts behind it and who are just going to believe, believe it's starting to become true. And that's the thing. She's just, I think here she's just planting the seed to make people believe it's true. So it's, I agree. it's a shame because, again, NBC, I think, and, and this is, I think, the struggle that we're all going through, um, and that's why we're getting these hit pieces, is because the the corporate media or the media who's who's been paying who who, um, who make money off of this they see some of their market share starting to windle away sure. emily d baker right her, her live stream of trust she beat all the news organizations and so did nick with, with rittenhouse right all the news organizations are, are filming to our live and competing with us at live and they're not watching them. You got and they're losing. Right? And they're losing. Yeah, watching them. Yeah, right. Losing badly to us, right? We do all of our live streams. But the, the, the problem is, is that how do you get that market share back? So I think this is all part of court. Number one, say that we're all biased. 
We're all um, just in it for the money. We all have no morals. And look, here is the truth that we're not trying to tell you. So it's throwing both shade at us, but then trying to make it seem like the story that we're covering, we're doing it incorrectly. And I think this is, this is that backlash. But I also think on the back end of it, it's doing them a disservice because mm -hmm. with so many people, with the problem with the Johnny Depp trial, so many people were able to see it for themselves that this motivated thinking, you can't fool everybody this way because it's like all these people, it's like we, we all saw the car crash and you're telling me there wasn't a car crash. That just doesn't add up. Right, right. And I think you also said earlier, which I totally agreed with, was I actually think that there's an interesting story here. I think there's a story of herd fans organizing a campaign. I think there's a story of dealing with documents. I think there's a story even of talking about people not even realizing what they're reading, including the Daily Beast and, and yeah. maybe, you know, education about how this system works and, and that kind of thing. I think there is enough for an interesting story here that doesn't have to tell you a narrative, right? That doesn't have to frame it as the righteousness of Amber Heard has returned uh, and, and the people are, are standing behind the true hero of this story. Like, you don't have to go that far. You can play it straight. And I think it's still interesting. And I, I think you'd still get clicks. But again, folks come in, tell me I'm naive. It's true. Um, so it's, I, I agree that this can be done differently. And, you know, God bless uh, what we've got in terms of our, our uh, opposition here, because I also think this kind of slant could be done better, right? It could be better camouflaged. It could be better covered. Uh, and it's at bare minimum, as you suggest, it being out in the open is nice because you can you can see it in every sentence or at least every paragraph uh, of this article. And that's that's a nice example to use if you're analyzing and you're critical thinking about about news articles. So thanks for that, Nate. Did you have anything else? I know you said just no, Kurt, but I wanted to make sure that uh, we didn't skip you before we hit some super chats. I'm going to go with continuing with no. This just is, it's, the only thing I really comment on is the the water that people are continuing to carry for Amber Heard at this point just seems to befuddle all sort of reason because we have had the trial. We had seven weeks of it. I was there. So were you. We watched it. We watched it all happen. And, you know, the fact that people are continuing to carry water, not only for Amber Heard herself, but also as emblematic of Me Too, which seems like such a bad choice. It's like, why are you continuing to try to make this woman your poster woman for Me Too and domestic abuse after, at this point, what are you doing except ruining your cause? I don't understand. It seems like from a real politique and, uh, standpoint, just like a really bad thing. Why they wouldn't have abandoned them long ago and be like Amber Heard. We've never heard of her. We, I, I, I can't believe at this point that, you know, we're not going the other way with like the ACLU and everyone else being like Amber Heard. We've never heard of her. She was never our ambassador. What are you talking about? But and instead, instead, the, the, the doubling down in the face of this, it's like, it just doesn't even make sense tactically, let alone logically, let alone factually, let alone truthfully. I, the whole thing just, I don't quite understand what's going on. I, the, I, 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 I think I do, though. Like, think about it. This woman, if you were honestly convinced four years ago that this woman was abused by Johnny Depp, powerful yep. man, 
the midst of the Me Too movement. She won the, you know, well, she didn't win, but essentially they're saying she won in the UK. You know, she, she, she's beautiful. She has these pictures that even though we're doctored, that looks at, she's telling a good story. She seems to have all the support. She's an ambassador for the ACLU, for God's sake, for this stuff. She is. Right? And then all of a sudden, that turns. And I think that that's the problem with a six-week trial for Amber Heard. Amber Heard's problem was with a six-week trial because it allowed everyone to see it day after. Because all of us, each and every one of us sitting here at the beginning of this trial, if, you, if I bet you 100 bucks, we weren't putting it on Johnny Depp. No, hell no. No one was. Right? We were put. The three of us specifically said, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no. case. No. But so, so, so think about that. Think about how we had to watch all the trial, and, and Hogue didn't turn until like halfway through, and he was like, okay, this is BS. And yeah. look at Uncivil. Uncivil, didn't, didn't they hate you because you were like, ah, oh, she seems credible when she was testifying, right? You had the whole big hate. And for me, yeah, I told him. Yeah, day one. <laughs> day one. Yeah, day one. <laughs> and then I, I remember when I went out and said, look, Johnny Depp is going to lose this. He says, you know, he's, it's a defamation case saying that he didn't hit his wife. We know that's not true. But so, so we all went from that place to where we're at now, but not because of NBC News, because we have, we have to watch the trial. Just imagine people who didn't watch the trial, who weren't right. that invested, who were where we were at before, and now coming out the other end, not knowing how things have changed. Well, then the, I think those were the pe those are the people who you see now who haven't heard the trial, who haven't seen the evidence, who are still backing Amber, and they're still out there saying, she must have been, you know, there's no way you're gonna convince me that she was the one doing this. And that's where I think we are at now. And that's who she's trying to grasp. She's trying to grasp for those millions of people who didn't watch it, who still believe Amber Heard was the abuser and won't go and check the facts to see if this is true. I, I don't think that that's wrong. I just wish it were different. Um, all right. So let's talk about. Maybe find a better hero. Maybe find a hero who can act. Well, she can't cry on cue, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> Crazy Cat Queen, late again because cats, cat face, cat full body. Cat full body, black box. I'm sure it was interesting. Sorry about that. Streamer gets mad. Hearts around <laughs> the face. Much love to Mrs. Hogue, Flowers, and Rick Gaming. Thank you so much, Crazy oh, Cat Queen, for the generous wow. super chat. Love it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Britt, that is exactly what I mean, Hogue. Conferences with numbers and their names are either short-sighted in their vision or bad at counting. Why not both? <laughs> Uh, which one is Big Ten claiming? LOL. Hey, I didn't like it when they were 11 teams in the Big Ten, all right? But at least that logo had like a shadow 11, and I thought that was pretty rad when I was That younger. was pretty cool. Yeah, the 11 <laughs> shadow. I like that, too. I was like, oh, uh, it's 11 teams, but this is the Big Ten. Nice, nice. Yeah, no, and, but I do like, see, as long as the number is less than the number of teams in the conference, I feel like it's just it's just throwing shade, right? Yeah, we're the Big Ten, but, well, there's 16 teams in your conference. Yeah, only 10 of them really count. Figure out which one. Only 10 are big. <laughs> all right. You know, Rutgers has a sad and goes in the corner. It's all right. Uh, no, so, yeah, it's, uh, I, I, don't, I don't doubt it, Britt. I have a problem with it, too. I don't love that our institutions of higher education and learning are like, here's the Big Ten and our 16 teams, which will probably be 20 by the time this video ends. I hear you. Uh, Vincent Rando, what was trending longer? Amber deserves an apology or would daddy stack? Uh, which one got higher? I think Amber Deserves an Apology actually took off a little bit. I think it went into the 15 and 20 thousands. Uh, but one of the things that happens there is it, it's cherry picked, right? So if we go and and the issue with the article is like if we pull up, let's see if I can find mine. Um, and uh, no, we don't need to. So 
the trending tag is used both to back up whatever it supposedly represents and also to argue against it, which itself helps the label trend. Telling regular NBC news readers that its trending status means folk back up its message is disingenuous, right? We talked about this, but I pulled up like some some randoms, like this is people against it that are using it to arg to debate, argue the point uh, on, on Twitter. And you don't have to agree with anybody. You don't have to agree with any side. But reporting that Amber Heard deserves an apology or anything else that has a message in the hashtag is just comprised of people that are backing up that message in informs your readership incorrectly. It sounds like a poll. It sounds like, oh, if it's trending, that means I did something to uh, endorse it. And the way that Twitter works, at least, is that it's used to enter into that conversation, right? And I, I just, I can't abide by that kind of reporting because you're taking advantage of people's ignorance. And folks, we are all ignorant on so many topics in the world we can't have our institutional journalists do that. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that is yeah. that that's a problem. I, I I know so little about so much that we need to have some kind of faith that people aren't playing these kinds of games with what they're otherwise describing. That's why I get irritated. That's why I get passionate. Is I know this thing. I can see what they did, and I can't necessarily see it in the next article. We do our best here in Hangouts and Headlines. Stay tuned. Uh, but, uh, but that's, that's where things get scary, right? I can see this one, but what about the next one? Well, and it, you know, it reminds me of when after Dep one, how me too is trending a little bit and me too is yeah. trending because people were talking about me too in the context of the dip Trump, but they, it wasn't really support for me too. It was kind of like, Hey, this person for me too lied, that type of thing. So, it, and, and I, but I think, but again, this wasn't written for us. This was written for people who are, they're playing off the ignorant. But that's and more dangerous. And you're right. I, is, I agree with is. you, Nate, but I hate that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same tactic for everyone who loses. And I, I, it's, it's interesting because there's so many similarities to, the, to Amber Heard and Alex Jones. It's, 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 it's just extremely similar because, again, you have the, you know, the court system is against me. You know, the jury's corrupt. All that stuff when you lose. And then Alex Jones is saying the same exact thing. Because, again, when the facts aren't on your side, you play with the emotions. And this is an emotional game for the other side. And the, the, the hardest part, I think, for the mainstream media now is to try to figure out how can we still give you the narrative? Because, again, we, we know that they're not giving us the news. But now it's trying to give you the narrative so you can trust the narrative. And let me give you a couple of facts to help support it. But as long as you don't look, look into it, don't look behind the curtain like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and you'll still be in Wonderland. Not Wonderland. What is it called? The Wizard of Oz. You'll still be in Oz if you don't look behind the curtain. You'll still be yes, in Oz. Yes, the Wizard of Oz is of Oz. You, you, you got it. Yes, yes. I said Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like Wonderland. It's all good. Yeah, that's uh, that would be the, uh, what, the Queen of Hearts. Mm. Yes, yes, the Queen of Hearts. Red Queen. Girl 75, perfect example of inorganic hashtag trends. Hashtag with Daddy Stack. Yeah, that's why I used it, right? I was Lord there for Daddy. that. I was, I was there to watch that happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was so. so great too. That was like that was like that was like epic. That was a crazy night. Every night on the Emily D. Baker channel, it was a crazy night. Uh, rolling on the floor laughing emoji. Uh, apple pie. Sometimes I feel like Hogan, Kurt are a Jedi and a Sith, but they're best buds out for drinks. Wonder which direction they go there. Hmm. Interesting. Eric Strauch, the MSM takes the free press moniker to mean free to the public, hence demonetized. Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, NBC always does it out of the goodness of their heart. No, no questions asked. I, it's just, I, it is funny to me. And right, you also have in Kat's Twitter thread, and you can check that out. 
Uh, I believe I linked it in the description. If I didn't, I, I can I can I can add it later. Um, where there is this notion that she presents that um, only one side is like motivated by the the horrors and sin of of money, right? Yeah, like we are. We she's talking about us. <laughs> yeah, the trick of these pro debt creators. Thanks for the super chat, by the way. Five dollars monetizing this video is that they brand their content as objective or even journalistic. I. I try to announce my biases and be transparent. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't announce myself as journalistic. Objectivity is something you can reach when it's actually propaganda. They're propagandists, raw assertions, right? And they make a lot of money and engagement from creating propaganda now, on the flip side. Oh yeah. Well, but before you read the next one, notice how, when you're reading through these, she never actually describes what the misinformation is, what the disinformation, because she's got all these tweets, right? Kind of laying it out because she's going above the two, the, the whatever the character limit is. But she never describes what the misinformation is, what the propaganda is, gives no examples. She just says it. And, I've been, and I'm assuming she's saying it because she wants us to believe it's true. Hmm. No examples, yeah. no nothing. Nice, nicely well, spotted. Right, exactly. And, and, then, and then on the flip side with pro herd creators, note by the way that there isn't, there isn't a subject of uh, you're either a pro dep creator or a pro herd creator. And I talked about this in my earlier video. It's very bifurcated. It, it, it's very, very black and white here. There isn't, hey, we evaluate things, right? If the documents that had been released were just wild and scandalous and anti-dep, that would have been reported by us. I, you know, those are still clicks, Kat. <laughs> uh, but there isn't a monetary incentive. You want to talk about objection, facts, not evidence. If you are compiling objective threads about the trial, you're probably doing it out of your own desire to clean up our information ecosystem. And I talked about this in the last video, but look at this slide of hand. If you are a pro herd creator, you are compiling objective threads. You are an objective observer of the human condition and truth. If you're pro herd, like, like that's what she builds into her assumptions. That's how it gets to this place. Pro herd folks, not motivated by money, pro dep creators, dirty capitalistic uh, folks that are just doing this because the algorithms tell them to. That was what the Washington Post article was about, after all. Um, and like that is what they're going with here. And in fact, Kat commented on the Washington Post article when we were having our kerfuffle with Taylor Lorenz. So it's it's all of a piece that once you start from the from the notion that I know what objective truth is, which by the way, as human beings, we don't. But I know what it is, and so anything I do to frame things in a specific direction is justified because I already know what the truth is, and I'm going to try to convey that to people. You get this kind of reporting. Um, and, and benefit of the doubt, she's a true believer, and she just can't control her biases. More cynically, she's doing it because this generates her own profile, and this is what works for her and her friends and, and, and everyone else. Um, of, so of, well, that's where of, we're at. Of, 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 I'll say 300,000%, of course. But I also want to point out how it's it's weird to, to, to read what she wrote and take it seriously for two, two, for two reasons. Number one, she's saying that Amber, that if, if you're pro-dep, you're, you're automatically doing it in it for the money. If you're pro-Amber, you're not in it for the money. Then she complains about how we're manipulating all the information to make it seem like it's just by By right? just releasing it all. Just by... And Andrea, that's the, that's the Andrea, manipulation. Just here's 6,600 pages. Now, now here's, here's Andrea, right? She goes, she crowdsources the 3,300 bucks, right? 
and she makes like over she makes over that she makes five thousand. she gives the rest of the money the overage to charity show them i'm giving it to charity then takes the documents correlates them and makes them available for free to the entire public based on the thing and that act of doing that number one this this person cat is saying she's a you know essentially pro-debt lunatic and then number two is that we don't really want the truth out if that was the case then why put everything out things that like Depp's ed issue things like you know all that stuff all that negative stuff that they're saying about Depp now was put out because of our group and well andrea doing this and, and making it and just making it very clear here are all the facts without any spend but it seems like, and then the only person that the cat is pointing us to are all the people who are actually spinning the facts. She's not saying, go look at the documents yourself. She's saying, go look at these pro Amber curators so they can spin it to you and tell you what I want you to hear. That While is implying that those documents are doctored, right? Yes. That NBC News article implies that they're doctored documents. And I, you're exactly right again, Nate. Like this Newsweek premise, this article is premised on the notion with this inadvertently that we've seen in a number of these articles that Andrew Burkhart and, and the people that funded this were Johnny Depp fans that were looking to harm Amber Heard and thought it would be a party every day. And so they 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 stubbed their toes. They shot their foot off uh, because they, they released these documents. And, oh, lo and behold, Amber Heard's team argued things in court for on her behalf. It's like, right? I, the, nobody had any misconceptions about what these kinds of documents would be. They were just, as best I can tell, interested in seeing them. Out of bare minimum, you don't want to give them any credit at all for like intellectualism, curiosity. <laughs> yeah, this, right? this, in a, in a, the inadvertently part here is yeah. so horrible because nothing was done inadvertently. And especially, and think about this too. During the hearing to release these documents, Depp's team said, we want everything out, right? We don't care about, don't unseal it all. It was Amber's team that said, we do not want things to be unsealed. We don't want the fact that she was an uh, exotic dancer to be out. We don't, we don't want all this stuff we want to keep under seal. And then the judge said, well, you know what? We're going to unseal it because the public has the right to know. And now they're saying that we inadvertently damaged when he was the one saying put it all out, right? He, was, well, he knows what's point. in there. That doesn't make any sense. That was, and that was the public. We, we saw the transcript of them arguing about that. And that was that was publicly known is that that uh, I think it's Elaine is saying, well, we, we thought that these would remain sealed. And just like, no, uh, <laughs> the trial's over and I'm releasing everything. And then you get that long list of things that were released. And then Andrea goes and grabs them. And, you know, obviously Newsweek is wrong. We didn't pay to unseal anything. That's a, that's the only court has that power. But, yeah, it's it's this framework. That is everywhere in these various places. I'll, I'll give I'll give him a pass on pay to unseal. It's slightly imprecise, but I'll give him a pass on that. There's okay, a lot of it, other things long wrong with this article. It's very funny what we're willing to give passes on because to me, I think this reads as untoward, right? Like you went and bribed a court is how I I I, I see this sentence. Yeah, like, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, I, and and to me, it crosses that line. I agree with you, by the way, that. Uh, Kurt, for the most part, I don't hold these things against them. You know, I, I think Rob brought up that this uh, article also uses uh, somewhere in it uh, the notion of a motion to appeal, which obviously is not what's happening because you're switching courts. Um, and there's like motion to appeal is in a lot of these articles, uh, including I think this. Yeah, yeah. I, now that I did take note of because the fact that it, that, that same thing was replicated in so many articles. Yeah, see, was, so her was a was a very funny touch. Filed a motion, motion to appeal. appeal. Uh. It's an appeal of right. <laughs> It's already left. They noticed, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you don't, you don't ask the court to allow you to appeal. 
Um, yeah, notice but, of appeal. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's and then that I find to be a little bit more technical than maybe maybe Rob does. Uh, but yeah, it's also wrong, right? And so you get these like little bits of wrongness. You add it to the big bits of Daily Beast wrongness. You compound that in a layered wrongness when you rely on the wrongness of the prior reporter and then imply that the subject matter that that prior reporter is actually reporting may or may not be true. And you just are like, what are we What are we doing? What? what this is a nothing type of news. This is all public information. This is all stuff you should be able to look at. You don't have to go through like investigative journalism school in order to do this. And yet we're getting all these kinds of wacky assertions, right? And, and that's that's what that's what drives me a little bit crazy. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, you at the Newsweek article? Oh yeah. All right. So uh, Snoopy Kins, Wood Daddy Stack, thank you. Beat the Amber Heard hashtag by thousands. Uh, well, the, the, the number that I showed, it did get up into like the twenty thousands. I don't know where Wood Daddy Stack finished. I didn't. I didn't track it, folks, but it was number one for a while. Uh, Samuel, how often do lawyers make mistakes like sending texts and email to the defense attorneys? That it, happens it, more frequently than you would like to realize. Well, I will uh. say this. I'm not in litigation, right? But I can tell you the most recent deal that I had to do, I got sent the the negotiate to frame this right you know you have a an all hands call is what we call it where everybody talks about the big important issues in the document and i got sent the notes of the of what they were willing to agree to on all the points i had raised in my red line that's, turn of the that's document. extremely valuable information so oh I, I, with yeah. the numbers oh, yeah. it was like well we can't accept i'm just pulling them out of the air this is not uh, you know a privilege we can't accept 175 but we can go as high as 160 it's like Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it, it's it's uh, and, and it was down the line. It was like, oh, well, you know, we have if if we have to give this to them, we don't want to, but we'll allow it. It's like, what are you going to do? <laughs> it was a fun phone call, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> what would you do? Be like, hey, by the way, since I already know in advance what you are and are not willing to agree to, you want to set this up? Uh, I, yeah. I, I basically was like, all right, so I'm going to take all of these and then I want more here. I mean, like that's that's basically what we did. Uh, but yeah, it, I, it doesn't surprise me. There's a lot of paper flying around people and there's a lot of different like ways of conveying paper and data rooms uh, and everything else. So I, these kinds of things can happen. But as, as I think you said, Nate, right, there is a procedure to say, oops. That shouldn't be in your hands. Oh, yeah. Ethically, don't use that. Yeah, and you, you, you would notify the other side. So, uh, you know, th this mistake was more common when before the electro electronical revolution or the digital revolution, when people were sending boxes of documents and things across. And sometimes people would just throw ex that extra file and you'd be like, oh, my God, this saves my case, right? <laughs> um, so so that's where these rules actually generate generated from. But now electronically with Dropbox and things of nature, somebody sometimes, and again, I'm, I'm not sure how everybody else works, but sometimes um, with these discovery requests, you'll prepare the email ahead of time and say, okay, this is just so just in case things go out. And then sometimes somebody will sit, send by accident or somebody will reply all versus just the reply. And, you know, somebody will get something that they don't get. So gener generally, and the, generally the process is, you know, you see it, you don't look at it, you let the other side know they got it, and then yada, yada, you're done. But in this particular instance, the issue wasn't um, generally, um, if you watch, if you go back to watch the Alex Jones um, thing, I, I think I have it on Twitter. Um, the lawyer made very clear, he told the other side, um, you know what, let me send you the link and, and let's watch the clip because you'll see there 
the lawyer. Oh, I don't Alex do clips Jones, here, Nate. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forget you don't do clips. Yeah, I'm sorry. But um, but for the Alex Jones um piece, the lawyer actually during the trial said, hey, um, when he was questioning, he said, hey, your lawyer gave I got this from your lawyer and I notified them that they sent this and they didn't claim privilege at all because that those those um, documents were supposed to be turned over anyway during discovery. So when the lawyers don't claim privilege, you got the documents, then you're able to release them. So I think his lawyers have one issue, and the issue is even if they did send it to them and they knew about it, they should have let Alex Jones know that they had them so he, wasn't, so he wouldn't be sandbagged on the stand. And that was the problem. He was sandbagged on the stand because his lawyers didn't tell him that they had this mistake. And you could see he was just shocked. He was like, I didn't even know you guys had this. So, But in the scenario, as you present it, Nate, aren't they also in potential ethical trouble for actually having responsive documents to a valid court order and not delivering them? I mean, I know your clients can have strategies on these. Uh, okay. But, 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 but then, all right, so, you're, so your clients on the stand and that your clients just said, these documents don't exist. Don't exist. But now you get them and you have those documents that he's just testified don't exist. So now if you turn them over, so now you've sent them by accident. So do okay. you tell the court that your client has been lying all this time and you have the documents or do, because you're going to claim privilege, right? And they said, well, well, what, what's the privilege? And you're like, well, yeah, I know he lied when he said he had them, but he didn't have them. So it's kind of, so I think the lawyers were in a, were in a catch 22 on one okay. end. Do they sell out their client and say that he's been lying all this time and we actually have it or do they just let it go? And okay. I think they just chose to let it go. They suppose, well, you know, Hey, we were going to let it go. This is why I asked the question. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, again, I'm just, that's conjecture, but there was no objection to hearsay. There was no objection to privilege. They just let it go. And, and it makes sense because like you're saying, these, these ethical violations are wrapped up. So I think they just said, let's just move on and hopefully it'll just go away. And it didn't. <laughs> Nicholas Darrow, Unionist Labor Law. A bit more cynical. Some people in the mainstream media are just fact resistant, more resembling of flat earthers than anything else. Uh, well, there does appear to be a certain amount of intransigence towards, uh, you know, what actually occurred in the trial and that a jury unanimously decided on something. I I'd expected more of the media and to, to some uh, credit, some of the media did say, OK, well, you know, we're going to flip around. You saw that with The New York Post is basically flipped around and and that kind of thing. Uh, but there are uh, big pockets that are just like, nope. Oh, OK. <laughs> I mean, all right. Uh, that Sarah thoughts first paragraph correlation does not imply causation cat said in the style of EDB's exasperated Elaine. Well, I don't have her soundboard now. You know, EDB is uh, very powerful with her soundboard <laughs> and uh, the, the censored emoji. Absolutely. If you don't remember that first paragraph from the NBC news article is a hashtag defending Amber Heard trended Monday after what appeared to be unsealed court documents, the defamation case brought by Johnny Depp were made public. Uh, and I will tell you this, um, that is one of the kind of famous journalistic uh, practices, uh, right? Because that sentence is true. That happened after that uh, in terms of just time. And then they leave the implication of causation to you. <clears throat> and I agree with you completely that, Sarah, that that is also not terribly helpful. And you got to keep watch of that when you read these articles. But that happens all the time, especially in business articles, by the way. You know, <laughs> the stocks are down after this announcement was made. It's like, yes, but, hmm. <laughs> Oh, you know what? I, f I forgot to mention before you go to the next. Super I forgot yeah. to mention something. Sure. When we were talking, I, I remember maybe two months ago when Elon Musk said, I'm buying Twitter and that whole thing. And I made a prediction. 
I said, he's not going to close this deal. And my prediction was very specific. I said, I think he's doing this whole hoorah because his name is implicated in this stupid Depp Heard stuff. He's in the elevator. His name is being mentioned in the trial. I'm thinking this was a double blot. I think, I'm not sure if it was you or in civil, but both of you, oh, he's going to, this is true. This is going to do it. He's going to do it. Now we're at the point where he's not doing it, right? He's got some excuse. So. I don't he's know gonna, if my he, was He's going to do it. The, the, the Chancery Court's going to make him. <laughs> It'll be the but biggest now, but, specific performance in history, I think. I don't know. But <laughs> one bill, But there's a billion-dollar penalty if he doesn't do it. So this is, you know, how do you get wrapped up? Because you, I, I don't want to ask you because I'm, I'm totally ignorant to this, this field. Oh, yeah, no, and I've got so, bunches so, of videos on Elon. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted um, to ask, like, how did he get himself in this particular mess where there's a billion dollars that he has to give up if he doesn't go through with the deal? He doesn't. So his primary okay. argument is that they are breaching both a covenant and a representation. Um, and if that were, in fact, the case, he would have a right to terminate on his own. And he only owes a billion dollars if he effectively walks away without a right to terminate. Um, so he has framed an argument that says, I don't have to pay the billion dollars. And the, the, the billion dollars isn't an option. Like he doesn't it's not held by him. So he doesn't also have the right to just say, oh, I'll pay a billion and walk away. It's entirely held by Twitter. So Twitter goes and says, well, we don't want your billion. We want to sell to you for $54 because our stock price is in the tank and we've Ooh. been damaged by this whole process. Um, so we're going to go get $54 and they've sued Elon in the court of chancery in Delaware to say, make him do it. Um, and we've had a lot of fun talking about those. I think he's got a like 120 page counter document in play that uh, I don't know if it's been released yet. But that'll be a fun day here in virtual legality. Um, yeah, I can't and wait to so, watch it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a very, very interesting case. It is actually a remarkable case. It's not just Elon. It's not just Twitter. Asking for specific performance on a you know, 40 plus billion dollar deal when Elon is not the straightest shooting guy on this stuff and Twitter isn't the straightest shooting company is for a guy like me, a mergers and acquisitions corporate guy interested in tech and actively using Twitter every day, uh, you know, it's Disney World. I mean, like th th this stuff is crazy. Uh, and it's going to be in Harvard Business Law books forever if it actually advances to trial. Now, <laughs> I have my doubts there uh, because people are like, you're going to cover it? I'm like, uh, I don't even think it's going to be public, but we'll cover as much as we can in this oh, space. Oh, oh, I'm about to get scared. I'm like, how could you knock? This is like you, the case for you. <laughs> no, no. I, you know, but but I, I don't think it'll be public. I don't, I don't think it'll be um, uh, very easily approached but we'll cover it from every angle we can here no because it's all equitable it's all equitable so there's yeah. no jury so yeah. so everything's probably going to just be on paper well i mean um, they, they're going to have a five-day trial um i mean it's currently scheduled for october uh but we'll see we'll we will see what happens i also was impressed by people comparing johnny depp and amber heard to like the musk and twitter because like this trial gets set like four months after all the things happen it's like yeah court of chancery they like to they like to move it, move it, as they say. Well, if they live stream it, you, uh, I'm gonna say it, bro. This is this would be like a Depp v. Hurt because it, it I, I don't see any other case no, no, that no. because you you can well I'm saying in terms of you're able to explain it. This is your world, like you know. Oh, this, we're gonna cover I, it. I, I think this is gonna be so great for you, bro. I it, think it, it gets just, settled. Like I watch your stuff about this because I don't understand it. So no, I think it gets settled, but we will absolutely. Don't you worry, Nate. I appreciate the endorsement, by the way. But no, I think it'll be. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It continues to be a lot of fun. It's not my money. I'm not invested in Twitter. Obviously, a lot of things are continuing to happen. Shareholders just brought a lawsuit, which I think they'll get kicked out for lack of standing, but we could talk about that later. 
Um, and uh, it's it's really, really interesting because I haven't grappled with Elon Musk as a businessman in terms of following him until this story. And I'm pretty good at predicting how things are going to go in most of these. And Elon Musk is a wild card. Like he, he zigs when I think he'll zag. Um, and that has continued throughout. Um, and so we'll see what happens. But yes, it the absolute sea change that will occur if the Delaware Chancery Court orders him to spend $40 billion uh, is crazy. And it's non-zero as a possibility. It is not the most insane thing that you would otherwise see. The Chancery Court gets mad at people screwing around with business contacts. Mm -hmm. And that's how Delaware funds its government is by making corporations not mad about how they're, they organize and how they perceive their laws. So there is a whole host of different factors and pressures and things happening. Uh, and we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Just the judge it herself saying, no, we're not going to February. We're getting this done in October is at least suggestive of a certain amount of sympathy for Twitter's plight here. Uh, and that is, we, we're getting wild. Uh, because Elon could also just take the court order and refuse. I mean, he doesn't have $40 billion in cash uh, right now to go. So it's like, well, we get excited, people. It's a fun case. Oh. Um, all right. So we were doing some super chats. Uh, Eric Strouch, add journalists to the list of changing definitions. Why, why are people bringing me definitions? <laughs> why does this keep happening every morning? Uh, we, session. we are a relatively politics-free zone here. Uh, in virtual reality. Well, so is, the, so is the dictionary, right? Oh, my God, Kurt. Uh, there it is, Kurt. <laughs> there we go. I hear you, Eric. I hear you. I, hey, look, journalists, some people call me a journalist. I reject that. I, I, am very, I am very strongly of the mind that I can't do what I do here without people on the ground doing things and investigating things and talking about uh, things and delivering news to me. Um, that uh, is so important to this process. I like journalism. I like reporting. I just want to see it done better, right? Like that. That's that's what I want. You know, I, that that's why one thing that that I think people sometimes fail to realize is that sometimes you'll see the word journalist and automatically assume that person's credible or have all this other yeah. stuff. And same that, with that's lawyer. The, same with lawyer. And <laughs> but the the interesting part is is that for like my background and stuff, I took all that down off my channel because I, I kind of want people to just look at what I'm saying and the facts and then come to decisions yourself, right? It's, yes. it, just, it, just, it just makes it more simple that way. And then because a lot of times when I would put videos up, people were like, oh, Nate has this experience. He knows specifically about this. this. I trust him. And I'm like, I don't want you to trust me. I want you to look at the information and come to the conclusion yourself. So if you're trusting me because of who I am, that's actually the, not what I want. I want you to look at the, and right. come to your own conclusion. And I think that's the, the problem with journalism now. They right. want you to trust them versus trusting the facts and, and, and trusting that you're smart enough to come to the conclusion. I, 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 I want the opposite of those things. I want you to believe me implicitly. I want to, I want to be as your God. And every word I say is the fount of revelation that you will now believe. This is my goal. So, yeah. Chat, you can evaluate Kurt on that as you see fit. <laughs> Brett, it's Brett. not only, it's not only planting the seed; it is replanting the whole tree. Pay attention to the Wikipedia. This is a good point, and see how this oh, article good. is going to be used to slant that website. We know Wiki is a joke, but the public in general doesn't. This is a trusted source. Yeah, so authoritative sources. I've done videos here. It is one of the big problems with platforms of all kinds. It's not limited to Wikipedia. It, it it's all over YouTube, right? You have the CEO of this platform saying we're going to suppress non-authoritative sources and elevate authoritative sources, which for purposes of the definitions that YouTube uses, 
means suppressing me and Nate and Kurt and elevating NBC News. Just, just so we're clear on how YouTube uses that terminology. Uh, and Wikipedia says, hey, you need to give us something that is from a reputable press outlet uh, and, to, and to use it in that definition. And NBC News is, right? And NBC News has a well-earned tradition of you know, reporting news. Um, and so that they, article- They did right up to this morning when we read an NBC article that was, of course, in no way biased by monetary considerations, but yes- Right. Well, so and, and that's the issue is right. Like that, that's a bad system to use, especially in our current uh, societal situation where you do have these kinds of things coming out. But, you know, hey, maybe one day Wikipedia will just recognize Hangouts and Headlines for the authoritative source that it is. Right. No. Mm. <laughs> Tracy Fagan, Kat can have her own opinion. Absolutely. But it should not be stated with her NBC blue checkmark. Sure. Uh, well, she's uh, her checkmark. Check marks on Twitter are weird, right? Like the, the, her Twitter is just her uh, affiliating. I, I think Nate brings up a good point. You affiliate with like a news organization and you call yourself a journalist. You get street cred. The check mark gives that street cred and also reduces that street cred to some, depending on perspectives of people who are looking at these things. <laughs> Who's looking uh, at the check mark? <laughs> but I don't think she should be stripped from being able to give her opinion. And honestly, I'm happy for that transparency. It allows us to do some of the analysis we do. Um, so. Um, I think if I were in her shoes, I'd be more reluctant uh, to do that with that kind of uh, situation. But honestly, I'm happy that they decided to do it because it makes it easier to analyze. Or just tell me it's your opinion. Put it on the opinion section and we don't have any problem. Then I know, oh, you know, that's on NBC News. Yeah. yeah. You don't put it yeah. in NBC News and then give me an opinion that that's not, you know, that that's what that's the same thing that NBC says about Fox. Oh, they have all these shows that say news in front of them, but they're in an opinion pieces and they're doing the same exact thing, except, you know, not not saying it. So, yeah, no, it, it is a problem across the board. Absolutely. Uh, there is a real disconnect, says Kiwi Girl, between reality and the narrative. You heard pun intended it. <laughs> you saw it, but don't believe your own eyes and ears. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the biggest problem they have on this is that anybody that was really interested got to see whatever whatever aspect of it they wanted. And then they didn't they didn't change their strategy after the case. Uh, Maxine, people still believe the earth is flat. Easier to blindly believe in something than to think about it. Are news aggregators the future like News? I don't know that particular site. Aggregators in general can be helpful. We've seen it, obviously, in reviews and pop culture, uh, but it isn't specifically correcting for the foundational flaws, right? So you can go find somebody that you trust. In general, I would recommend trusting people and not organizations and following folks that you think are, are giving it to you straight in general. I think that's one of the reasons we've seen a lot of success with like sub stacks. And of course here, um, analysis on YouTube and, and elsewise. Uh, but um, I don't know that aggregation itself is the solve for that. Although seeing everything up against each other might help in, in some, in some uh -huh. way. I, I will say this, though. I have yeah. ground news. They are excellent. Okay. Excellent source. And what they do is, um, just essentially what they do is, here's all what the right-wing sources are saying. Yeah. Here's what people in the center are saying. And here's what the left-wing is saying. And they, it, it's, it's no, you know, there's no narrative. It's just like, here's what we believe are right. And then, you know, Fox News, blah, blah, blah. It, it's blatant. And you really get to see how not only the story, how you can have the same headlines, but the articles are spun in such a different way. And when, yeah. you know, so it's, 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 fa it's fascinating to see on a daily basis how the left and right are covering the same stories, but in a, in a totally different narrative. I'll check it out. No, I have, I've never heard of it before, but I, you know, I say in this space, I follow Vox and Fox for that purpose, right? <clears throat> I, I like to go see um, exactly what various folks take from different news stories. So I'll check it out. 
yeah, uh, I they, appreciate they, it, they just, they just correlated, so that that's why ground them. So they just correlated. Nice. They, they make it easier for you to see them all. Secret McSquirrel paying Super Chat money to tell you folks to hit that like button. Secret, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Hearts on the face emoji. Excellent. Thank you. And yeah, if you're liking this, hit that like button. We've got 1775, uh, 1780 in here. Hit that like button. Hit subscribe. Do all those fun things. I appreciate it. If you don't want to subscribe, that's cool too. Joe Mendoza, important question. What goodies can we see in Hoag's lunch bookmarks? Folder? Everybody loves that one. It's not, it's not okay if they don't want to subscribe. They're wrong, Richard. No, they're, no, no. They're wrong. We want not people subscribing. to do with their no. free will what they will. With no, that no, that's button. way overrated. No, people should absolutely hit that subscribe button. If you're seeing a red subscribe button, no, the red no. subscribe button is angry. It is angry with you. But it's okay. It can be satiated. Merely by clicking that red angry subscribe button, it will become a gray, integrated, peaceful subscribe button. Be the change you want to see in the world. Click that red subscribe button today. Thank you, Kurt. I appreciate it. No, and I appreciate it. Do check out Uncivil Law. Kurt, check out his website for subscribes. Check out Nate's, who's covered primarily with a large super chat right now. But you can see the bottom. You see the top half of his cartoon yeah. face right there. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Please do go check out their channels. I will add uh, you guys in uh, the description, probably in the chapters uh, as we're doing now. Uh, and I really appreciate you guys being here for this whole time. Kiwi Girl, as we well as manipulating people's ignorance, do you think there is an element of gaslighting? Oh, I, and I skipped the whole lunch folder thing. I apologize. Uh, I think maybe I can pull that back up. But yeah, the, the question was, can we see inside the lunch folder? Is it sandwich shops uh, and things like that? No, um, I will say, I've, I've said it before, uh, especially when I was at the, the big law firms, I wanted to have a folder, which was me looking at goofy stuff, primarily IGN or GameSpot or MGO blog or um, uh, those kinds of things. My Michigan Wolverines, my hobbies. Uh, and I wanted to, in my head, frame it out as you can only open this folder uh, when you're not billing, when you're at lunch, um, right? Because at, at especially big law firms, you got to hit some numbers uh, during those years. And I wanted to make sure I was I was uh, limiting myself to those kinds of uh, activities. So the lunch folder is predominantly like my fellow YouTube colleagues uh, streams. It is video game websites. It is forums. Uh, it is, I think, like box office results, like that Reddit subthread. I'm always interested in like money and movies, uh, that kind of thing. It is not sandwich shops. It's not actually facilitating the act of lunch. You can decide whether that's disingenuous itself. <laughs> uh, so thank you for that super chat. I'm sorry I just like clicked through it there. Sometimes you have a brain freeze here. Kiwi girl, uh, do I think there's an element of gaslighting? Um, I don't know that it's intentional. Again, I think if we're giving the benefit of the doubt, then they're self-righteous in their cause to some extent. Um, and so they believe in some of this. Now, I do think they're smart. Um, so I think there's at least some willingness to say, uh, maybe if this is gray area, we're still going to do this. Uh, and people that are persuasive and people that have platforms and mastheads and things like that, I think owe an ethical obligation to try not to do that to people. And I think that ethical obligation is faded to some extent for some individuals. Um, so I can't answer this question to read somebody's mind specifically, and I would prefer not to think that that is in fact the case. But I do think, obviously, there are mm -hmm. silver-tongued uh, rogues out there that um, do use their powers for ill. <laughs> I think you're being way too nice on this one. I think this is clear. Well, gaslighting in the sense of the things that we see, they want to make us think we're crazy, right? So that that's what I'm talking about, gaslighting. And I think 
we've obviously saw the lights like like some of the stuff they bring up about the donation stuff right oh well she said she was going to donate him it's like no she said she donated the money right and That's she true. lied about it she got caught but then they try to gaslight us and say oh the people are trying to make it seem like she did something no i i think cat's tweet thread that whole tweet thread is grade a gaslighting i i, I don't i don't i don't see how you can avoid that conclusion that's grade a gaslighting because it's it's essentially trying to make us believe that we're all crazy for seeing the facts that we saw all right nate i'm not gonna go that far but a i appreciate you saying i'm being too nice um and yeah i i definitely think well heck i i'm talking about it here in essentially two consecutive episodes because i do think it's egregious i i do think the methodology used is problematic I don't know if there's intentionality there to gaslight or not. I just can't read that. Um, but I appreciate oh, yeah. that. I appreciate that the circumstantial evidence is suggestive of the fact. Uh, so I will, I will yield on that. But I, I do uh, want to make the correction. I'm not saying it's intentional because I don't know, okay. but I'm okay. saying, is it gaslighting? I think it's, it's definitely gaslighting. Whether it's intentional or not, I'm, I'm not sure, but I okay. do believe this is, this is textbook gaslighting. No doubt about it. Jay Jones, my opinion, the mainstream media did this to themselves with the eye reporter and convergent journalists, my original degree, and are now surprised that people trust the original source with experts helping to interpret and are now in an extinction burst and throwing a massive temper tantrum. <laughs> yeah, so combining uh, the the folks that are reporting on the internet and, and like that social media aspect, we do appear to have those particular journalists um, playing faster and looser uh, with some aspects of this. We are seeing that kind of across the, the media landscape here. So I think there's probably some truth there. And I think as we talked about, they're definitely losing market share and mind share. And uh, to be honest, you know, if, if we're out here personality driven, but hopefully announcing our biases and you can see whether or not we make any sense and decide for yourselves whether it's a value of you to listen to us or not, that is a, a system that might well work better than just trusting a masthead uh, in the near future, right? I mean, I think we're seeing that right now. So I, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. You know, it's it, it's it's always wild when I say this, but all of us, I think the the quote Lutu bunch, Lutu bunch, nobody is out there saying trust us, right? Nobody's out yeah. there saying trust us because we know everything. We're all saying, matter of fact, don't trust us. But here's the information, and this is what we think about it. So th that's the difference between, I think, what we do and what they do. They say, trust us. Here it is. We say, don't trust us. But here it is. And think for yourself. I, I, and I say that all the time. Yeah. Right. Like, and I'm a human being and, and I announce my biases, but that doesn't mean I don't have blind spots. Um, and so absolutely. We want to get you the tools to read these things yourselves and evaluate them for yourselves, even if you wind up vehemently disagreeing with whatever my conclusion is on those materials. A because that means you thought about them independently and B yeah. because coming back with that constructive reason to disagreement is my lifeblood. I love that. I love having those conversations. I might see something from a new perspective. You might see something from a new perspective. It is how we grow and you will never get any crap from me for disagreeing here. Uh, so I, I love that. Absolutely. Nate, hundred percent. Vintage. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we're oh, yeah. off, we're often showing you our source material. Like, I, I, you know, we're often showing you the original document we're reading against. So we're showing you the trial as we did in the giant up case. We're showing you the original thing. So it's like, even if you're bought, if you, even if you think I'm biased, it's like, here's the original thing. I'm basing my opinion or commentary off of, you can just read it. It's right here. And so it's, you know, we're just, we're just trying to show you 
like we're, we're there's they show you our cards and uh the media keeps their cards hidden so yeah yep no absolutely absolutely uh Vintage Willows, good morning, fellas. I'm very late. I'm going to be part of the replay crew. That's totally okay. Hey. Replays are awesome. Uh, Soaring Kite, hi from Tuscany. It's a cool place. I've wanted to visit there. Love your channel. Please invite only gentlemen who know how to behave with decorum on your platform. I'm so glad to see Nate, whom I adore. Tell him I missed him while he was away. Well, hey, Nate. Oh, Soaring Kite you. says hi. I was I was at Disney World with the family, but yeah, thank you. Hey. Thank you. I'm back how's, to it now. <laughs> how's life at Disney World post pandemic here? Is it is it is it it's, does it function? Well, it's fantastic to be honest with you. We we we, we had a we had a fantastic time, but they they have like a lot of because you know Disney's fighting with the state of Florida because of the whole COVID restrictions and all this other stuff. So there's a I little do. bit of a little bit of that. I didn't know this, but Dis Disney World is 43 square miles. That is monstrous. And on top of it, they got 77,000 employees. So, yeah, Disney World's not going anywhere. No, I, do, I wouldn't say so. No. But that would <laughs> continue to prevent, uh, present interesting uh, discussions uh, here on the channel. So, absolutely. Well, fantastic. That's awesome. That uh, certainly before 2020 was one of the places we went a lot oh, yeah, uh, as a family. It. We'll see if we can get back there. Uh, Michelle B., Nate, we trust the docs you provide are accurate, but interpret them for ourselves. Thank you for all of what you do. You Thank know, you, Nate. This 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 is it, it's it's so glaring and thank you so much Michelle um for the super chat even though it's not for me it's for it's for Hulk but this <laughs> this this reminds me of of something that happened even with this right remember when NBC did the initial interview with Amber and got yeah. the therapist notes they didn't release those therapist notes to anybody they said we got them we looked at them and it says what she says it says right they put them on the screen they flashed a couple on the screen and said it says what he says right so they got those documents didn't release them to the public. We then go and get the documents and release all of them to the public. And we are the bad guys because we said, don't trust us. Read them for yourself. So you, but so now I think people are starting to see, like, why didn't Dateline NBC give out those documents? Why didn't they show it to us so we can evaluate it for ourselves? Because that's the way they've always worked. Give you the narrative. Don't let you read them. And they've interpreted them already. And now you can only either trust the interpretation. And if you don't trust the interpretation, you're saying that something's wrong with NBC News, right? With, with it's us, attack. it's like, yeah, with us, it's like, here are the papers. And you say, well, I don't trust the way you've said, or like, like I love civil law saying, we don't trust the way you interpreted those. And you can make that decision not to trust what we're saying because you have the documents yourself. That's the difference between NBC News and what we're doing. Absolutely. No, and that's what we do here in headlines, uh, you know, almost every weekday at this point. Uh, and it's 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 very interesting to watch. Right. One of the things we look at in articles is when they flip between quotes and non quotes. Right. Where you get that editorialization of, oh, and then he said X. It's like, well, you we were just quoting whole paragraphs. What what did they actually say? Um, and, and you see that kind of thing in interviews, like you say, with documents that are backing them up that they don't share. And you see it with interviews where they tape them and then they quote selectively and then they editorialize. It's, I want to believe, uh, like Fox Mulder in the truthfulness of these things, but it's getting harder and harder. There's no question. Uh, Magira. Yeah, I can, I can pronounce Magira. It's not a Godzilla monster. Uh, theory, news sources are choosing to slant towards Amber Heard because it will get them more views than slanting towards Johnny Depp. I mean, I don't know. There's views everywhere on this, uh, but yeah, it, that would be funny if you could actually show that. Uh, and, and you've got NBC News reporters out there saying that only the pro-Heard side is not motivated by dirty, dirty money. No, uh, I, so. I don't think this is that because let's not forget the NBC um, um, interview with Amber tanked. 
Right. It tanked. Yeah, I, it didn't. It didn't do any. It, it, it was actually bad for them. So I don't know if that that's actually accurate. Yeah, and I think popular notions are still the same. I mean, I don't think there's actually this shift in in view uh, that is posited by the NBC News article. And I, I'm open to it. I say that at the end of that thread. I say, look, there could be, but this article doesn't make that case. Um, and so, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, this is this is the truth. Right. You know, for the people that are accusing us of, you know, pivoting or finding money or whatever, I can only speak for myself. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> That's definitely in, true. In terms I of, don't know what I'm doing. I'm in terms of going and finding the money or finding the trends or whatever, I decided in April or whatever that I was going to go uh, help my friend Legal Bites and we we're going to we we're going to do a small little trial. Right. Like that was the thinking that I had. The, the, all of the Machiavellian, uh, you know, sacks of whatever. Uh, that was, hey, I'm going to go help my friend cover this case, and that's going to be a, a good time. Uh, and even now, it's like, well, we're going to do we're going to do headlines and hangouts, hangouts and headlines, whichever order you prefer, H and H. Um, and we're going to do it because I'm interested in media coverage of things. And we do casual Fridays, and we talk about Gremlins, and I think mm. we're probably going to talk about HBO Max tomorrow, um, and Warner Brothers, and mergers, and Discovery, and everything else. But um, it's I I don't I. I'm just not that good, Cat, um, or anyone else. Washington Post. Uh, so yeah, and if it's just about money, you know, some of the people you accuse of that that've been following this for like six plus years it was a real long game before, <laughs> before money came. Real out. long game. That's uh, if you average that out to the time spent, probably from some of these channels that have just done this. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, I don't think it's it's a super lucrative endeavor. But Colonel Colonel Klutz, the umbrella guy, they've been in this for the umbrella for the, guy, yeah. for, for the beginning. My God. <laughs> so it's like, look, I get it. I know you, you know, you can tar people with that brush and you're used to it in like a court of law. It's one of, what did you get paid, expert? I get it. But um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's as true as, as you think it is. And I, I can't speak for my fellow colleagues on YouTube, but I primarily stumble around in the dark covering things that I'm interested in and Hey, if YouTube and the audience decides that that's a really cool thing to talk about, well, then what can I say? Shrimp fried rice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this, this is a feedback loop here, right? It's, it's, it's people like you because you like the things that you like and people like me because they like the things that I like. And that's, I, I don't think there's really a script for doing YouTube. It's really just being yourself and covering stuff that you find to be interesting. And the I, audience also finds it to be interesting too. Well, I tell this to people, right? Because people... Uh, you know, as we've gotten bigger, ask you more often. I'm sure you've all found this to be the case. Where it's like, well, how how did you do that? How are you going? And I said, look, here's the deal. It's a grind. You have to do things that you like. Like you yeah. cannot tro go and say, oh, what's trending today, and try to make yourself interested in whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, so you so, have to do things so that you like, and then, you know, try to be informative. Try to be educational. Try to be entertaining. Try to be whatever, but try to be yourself. Right. My thumbnails don't have arrows, don't have my picture on it, don't have the various things that aren't me, in my opinion, and are probably not maximizing uh, what the channel can do. But I'm happy doing it every day. And it's for that reason. So that's, you know, that's how it works. Jenny's getting inky with it. Never occurred to them that Elaine and Amber's claims in interviews read what they couldn't present in court caused people to be curious about what was left out. People wanted to see if their claims were true. Absolutely. Right. I mean, like one of the big things that Elaine Bredehoff comes off with after the verdict comes down is they kept everything out. Uh, and we use some of this from just the, the motions that they made in court itself. But it's, you, you are curious. It's like, well, what is the mountain? What is the mountain of evidence? What are we talking about? Um, and that's kind of curiosity. Uh, but apparently, separate from the idiom, 
our our good author friend cat here doesn't have that curiosity. So maybe that'll be protective, won't kill her. Uh, but she doesn't have that intellectual curiosity to actually discuss these things with us and instead comes to things with a conclusion. And that's no fun. It's not a fun way to, to journal. Uh, ML, Purple Heart, Purple Heart. Well, and interestingly, the unsealed documents do not have those notes as well. If the landing team did not fight for them to be brought in, how can we believe them when they say those were kept out? Exploding head, exploding head. The the uh, psychologist notes? Therapist notes weren't presented yet. They, they weren't in the motion for um, the motion to eliminate. Okay. All right. And welcome, Midnight Dreary. A growl and poet. Nice name. Yeah, that that that's but but that that also shows you the interesting part about that NBC interview because remember NBC they say the judge didn't allow these to come in because they were hearsay, but then we look and we now we see the unsealed documents we're like we didn't see any of that stuff so it may, it may be on some um, under some of the stuff that's still sealed you know yes, I'm those, just given the benefit things related of the doubt, to but. yeah things related to medical of any kind I think still kept if you look at that list of what was retained as sealed so it wouldn't surprise me if we could go find it in that list from the court order would be yeah. my bet. Um, Kiwi girl, Nate, you seem to have been watching the Alex Jones trial. Uh, would you consider doing an analysis? We were just talking to him about that at the top of this video. Are, are you, <laughs> you going to cover it more? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, well, because now the Alex Jones people are saying no one can. The reason, all right, so the reason why none of the law tubers are streaming the trial is because we are barred supposedly from doing it. So mm. I'm like, where, where are people barred by bar whom? by the court in Texas. So the court, so, so we're supposedly barred from restreaming about the court in Texas. I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's the court number one is streaming it, but you know what happens is the, when the court streams it, at the end of the day, they cut the fleet and you can't record it, so it's just gone. Yeah. But law and crime is still live streaming it. So I can live stream it off of law and crime. Now I know law and crime will do the whole copyright thing, but it's a public trial, so they really, so that they're gonna lose that. But I can, I can, we can, of course, we can stream it just based off law and crime and the other people who are covering it live. So I'm thinking I might just live stream it just to show the conspiracy theorists that we could live stream it. And the reason why most people, most of us aren't live streaming because we weren't interested in the Alex Jones case. You know, if we're interested in it, we'd be streaming it. Marilyn Manson, people are interested in it. They're going to be streaming that. There's some other cases that I think Nick is going to be streaming. And Nick is on vacation too. I think he might have streamed it. But the fact of the matter Nick is. Was, Nick was banned for a while. And Nick was banned for a week. That's the reason why he couldn't stream it. So, but, and but again, I was and I was busy for a week because bar exam. So that was taking up a lot of my time. But just <laughs> but 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 this I do want people to understand. If someone's saying LawTube is not streaming it because we've somehow been barred from streaming it, that is not only incorrect. That is just misleading you guys. We are not streaming it because we are just not interested in it. But today, hopefully, I, I will. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, from my side of things, that's we talked about it, right? You have to be interested in something. And I, I follow things. I follow way more than I cover on this channel uh, in newspaper articles or whatever. And it's like, well, all right, that's, you know, that's interesting. Uh, but uh, no, it was it was not going to be a part of my coverage. Nobody, I had no idea anybody thought I was banned from doing it. Yeah, no. no. <laughs> they put, well, the, law, <laughs> the reason why LawTube is not doing it because the court has banned you from I'm like, no, that's. That's I have. Not true. See, my conspiracy brain says, "Well, they know how to get to me, right?" Because if you tell me I can't do something, mm. then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, then here we go, here we go. Oh no, but 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 I, yesterday was closing argument, so I'm like, all right, so that was a nice okay. time to put it up because now they can say, "See, see, no law to it." But I'm saying, soon as if we're doing a verdict watch, because soon as it starts coming out, okay. we're live streaming it, baby. Because I want to make sure the the conspiracy theorists know that this is debunked. Okay, all right, good answer, Nate. Good answer uh ml purple heart purple heart well uh oh, we just we just read that one 
Last one is uh, Steve C has become a YouTube member. Thank you so much, Steve C. Thank and you, I think, Steve. I think we're set for this morning. Uh, Nate, Kurt, thank you so much for hanging out for a full length here. Hangouts and Headlines episode. Uh, why don't, uh, Kurt, why don't you start? Why don't you tell folks what you're doing either today or in the near future and where they can find you? Well, thank you. I've got quite a lot of content coming up in the near future on my channel. I think today, uh, as soon as this stream is over, as a matter of fact, I'm going to release a video entitled Showing Work in Math Class is White Supremacy because apparently there was some Oregon educators who were making exactly this argument that the process of showing work in math class is white supremacy. So I thought that would be fun to discover. So in fact, I'm gonna make that public right now so that you okay. guys can follow that Ooh. and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, why don't you go check out that? And then I've got uh, all whole kinds of stuff. I'm gonna be doing more about Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, getting more into their stuff. And I've got stuff dealing with comedians, don't feel the freedom to have be funny anymore, according to John Cleese. K through 12 educators were arrested for various crimes against children. That's a depressing story. Some fun stuff. Erica Girardi facing a $700,000 lawsuit over jewelry. All kinds of fun stuff coming up on Uncivil Law. Wow, that is a gambit, Kurt. All right, go check it out over there. Uh, Nate, what are you doing? You got like a program in like a half hour, don't you? Me today? Oh, no, no. <laughs> do I do 10 o'clock? I usually do 10 o'clock, but I don't know. Um, I was thinking a day of, um, I got two things. Well, I got the bishop, The remember the million dollar bishop, the bishop that got robbed of a million dollars in jewelry? I do remember that story. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, 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 there's a lot more that's come out. Like, for instance, he owes $400,000 to other people. He's getting sued for another $100,000. And, hmm. you know, and the, the people are imagine that this may be an insurance issue because if you need if you got a million it did cross my jury, mind nate <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie having seen a few insurance claims uh did cross my mind i you know that's yeah. i will say that so the bishop has come out and said this is obviously not an insurance issue um right. because you know all of a sudden you lose a million dollars worth of jewelry now you know you make your insurance claim so so that's what and he's been denied a gun permit because he spent five years in jail so the okay. bishop has a, a pretty interesting history um, that, okay. we're, that we're going to go through this. And obviously, we're going to be covering some of the Alex Jones stuff and Elaine. And I want to ask you guys before we get out of here, yeah. this Elaine thing, there's one thing with Elaine that I was covering um, is that some people were saying that she committed, that she's committed suborning perjury. And this, this occurred, um, I'm, I'm not sure if you guys remember, when, um, when she asked Amber um, who was paying her legal fees. And Amber said that she paid $6 million. But in fact, now we know through the traveler's insurance what lawsuit yeah. Yeah, that it was travelers who paid the $8 million. Travelers actually paid because they were covering Amber. So did Elaine support perjury when she said it twice? She said at first she, she asked Amber about it. Then she said in the closing that Amber paid the $6 million judgment. And then now we also know on top of that, in the released unsealed documents, um, Elaine actually put in her motion to eliminate that was approved that neither side can talk about who is paying either side's legal bills. So then she and so so you have even have that. So she asked the court not to say it. Then she did say it. And then and now we know that it wasn't truthful. So that's so we're going to so I'm going to be peeling that back because I think that's, okay. a, that's a fascinating that does seem like Judge A took a light hand on some of that stuff. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that sounds fantastic, Nate. All right. Well, as I said, go check out their channels, Uncivil Law, Nate the Lawyer. Like, subscribe, do that fun stuff. Uh, thank you again for hanging out with us. Thank you to my wife for setting up those emojis for the members here on the channel. 
Uh, we're going to have more of those. And if we have, I think, I, I don't, 10 more members or something like that, we can get five more. We're going to keep doing that now that we know what the heck we're doing. As I said, it's all bubblegum and bailing wire here at the Hoglaw YouTube channel. We're figuring out uh, as we go. And I thank you so much for the support, everybody. Have a great Thursday, casual Friday tomorrow. And of course, shrimp fried rice.